This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's the show before the show. Hello. Uh, we are on Twitter. I will mention that a multiple of times because we are finally on Twitter on at podcast EDC. That's at podcast EDC. So follow us on Twitter. Uh, hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. This is another Digital Citizen, which Fro didn't mention yet somehow. Episode 199! <laughs> the show before the show! Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, one more to go hey. to 200, but after 200, then there's 208, which is like the four-year anniversary, so... I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's not like we've done this before, or anything. So, uh, we are on Twitter. Twitter! Yes, Twitter. Say something funny, uh, say something funny about Twitter. I, I didn't even go, oh, I saw a little bit of our Twitter, Frozen Fro, posting up there, I have not been, but I need to get on there, it's just been really busy this week. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know why it didn't work for me, I tried getting us on to, uh, a Twitter for this podcast twice, and it didn't work either <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, no. So somehow, something about Fro maybe being in Norway or whatever, or maybe it was the specific podcast, I was trying to upload the like this one podcast, and maybe there was something offensive in that specific podcast, I don't know, who knows, but now we do have a Twitter finally. Who fucking knows? We are at uh, at podcast at ADC. Twitter! 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 We have 384 followers, and uh, none of them has listened to the show. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm kind of joking. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was talking to a fellow podcaster of us, in DM, because that's one of the things uh, that you can do on Twitter. Twitter! Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's what I call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, yeah, uh, if I got 10% out of, of all that asks for podcast uh, recommendations, I had, would have 10,000 listeners. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, people go there like, oh, can you send me a podcast recommendation? Yeah, sure I can. 
Will you listen? No. Fuck, I I won't. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so, it's so, it's so interesting to, to see the dynamic of it. I, I never have been into this, so it's kind of interesting to see how, how, how fucking strange it is. I haven't been on Twitter in forever. I used to be on Twitter for a while, uh, mostly troll account stuff, because uh, it was fun back in the day to just kind of mess with people on Twitter, uh, right. and now it's become more of like, messing with people has become more toxic on there, and there's like mob mentality and everything else. It's not quite as fun, but uh, yeah, if you, I mean, if you need a better way to send us suggestions for things to do for the show or questions you have for us, and you don't want to email us, and you're not on Facebook because it's a dinosaur at this point, you can now get a hold of us on Twitter. Um, you remember last week when I said uh, that uh, Boris Johnson probably had to um, uh, call out for a general election if he wanted to get uh, the non-Brexit uh, deal through? Uh, something like that, yeah, I remember something. Right. Uh, yeah. So, what I did, I asked uh, the number 10 podcast, at the uh, at, uh, number 10 podcast on Twitter, by the way, okay. about this. And they said, yes, it dates back to the 7th uh, century, where Parliament would ask the king to do things as uh, he had total control over policy. And if the king didn't like it, he disbanded the Parliament or prorogued uh, of an uh, official term. Only the monarch can disband the parliament, which she does every time in an, a, a general election is called. It's precedent that the monarch must follow her prime minister's advice. So if he asks for it, she must do it. Right. So it was like a combination of what both of us said last week. Because I was talking about the queen right. and how she had, there was some way they could use to get Use the queen to get him out, and you're saying it's the same thing. It would also force a general election, or that's the way she would be able to do it. That makes sense, I guess. Except, I, I, it, I knew that the the monarchy, I guess, the queen herself had some power, but that seems like quite a bit of power to be able to reset the entire government. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm sure it hasn't Uh, been used in many years. I, I'd like to see how many tens or if not hundreds of years it's been since somebody's uh since a probably monarch has done that yeah yeah it it has to be a hundred a hundred and hundreds of years so yeah no uh so i i was kind of right uh that uh he has to go to the queen and say hey i want a new parliament and that's how he gets the no deal brexit true so Okay. That is interesting. So just a little, like, follow-up there. I, I heard you. there was uh, one other way you could force a general election. I can't even remember what it was, but there's some parliamentary way that is possible that it could happen. I think it was something like a two-thirds majority vote or something of that nature uh, mm. could force it, uh, force a new election or something like that. Uh, I, I was watching Democracy Now!, an interview with a lady talking about it, so... Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, but hey, talking about uh, things that are cool, uh, if you like this podcast, you should share it. And now you can share it on Twitter. 
<laughs> well, you could have share shared it on Twitter before, but you, not shared our Twitter. Yeah, share our Twitter, share our podcast, share everything. Yeah, sharing is caring. Uh, let's go into the news. Uh, Democratic uh, debate night one. Uh, we had it uh, last night. Uh, I was super excited for this. Was very much uh, a lot of people I wanted to see, and some very standout people that uh, got a lot of applause when I didn't think they would get a lot of applause. Uh, the, some of the applause seemed a little weird to me. Like, yep. some of the applause happened at strange times, and yep, sa- it sounded. <laughs> I don't know. There was never really any cheers. There were never any boos. It was just this clapping noise. Like, the audience mm-hmm. was told you're not allowed to make any noise with your mouth, only clapping or something. Right. Uh, but uh, to get into this, uh, this debating. Well, this was the second debate, first night of the second debate. Uh, this mm-hmm. included Sanders, Bernie Sanders, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Booty Judge, uh, Beto O'Rourke, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, John Hickenlooper, Tim Ryan, John Delaney, Steve Bullock, who was the first time we've seen this guy, and our favorite, yeah. Marianne Williamson. <laughs> Marianne, I get the most applause of the night, Williamson. <laughs> I didn't think what? she got the most. I, I thought, uh, I think Bernie, if, if you were combined Bernie and Warren, they got more applause than Williamson. And I thought, the, well, yeah. The interesting part is they were definitely. They teamed up in this debate. It was like everybody else on stage, all eight other people against uh, Warren and Sanders in this debate. And I think CNN was trying to build this kind of narrative where it was, at least during the day, because I was watching some of the news during the day, they were trying to build a narrative that it's going to be Warren versus Sanders. They both have similar policies and they're going to have to go head to head with each other. But that didn't happen because Warren and Sanders clearly in the back made a deal. They went... We're going to defend each other and fight against all these centrists that are going to... And uh, it was basically eight on two. And I think the two not only won, but they won in a rousing fashion. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely agree. But uh, let's go through them very fast. Let's start with Marianne Williamson. Yeah, uh, uh, she uh, got uh, very much applause for saying... Uh, uh, bad things about uh, Donald Trump again. That was funny. And how dark his soul is. She oh, said th- that it, it, he was creating a dark psychic force in America. <laughs> is what she said. Yes. Uh, uh, okay. She also said yeah. that he was creating a false god at one point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, yeah, I think her Christianity came out more in this debate than the last because she talked a whole lot about yes. God in this uh, this whole thing. Uh, she definitely fun. was up there for me. I think she did better than a lot of people. I think she did better than last oh, time. Yeah. She got a lot of oh, good yeah. jabs in. I, I like the part where uh, she turns over to I think it was John Delaney and she and but then kind of uh, blanketed it to everybody on that side of the stage saying. I don't understand why some of you are running as a Democrat. Why don't you just go be Republicans? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very good. That was a very good job. And she also was like, uh, said, oh, I hope you come back to me this time, as you promised last time. Uh, they did <laughs> seem she... to skip over her, because I heard her. She yeah. was like uh, saying, hey, 
I want to get a thing in here. And they were like, okay. And then instead of going to her next, they go to, uh, I think it was Elizabeth Warren. I kind of felt bad right. for her, but she's not a legitimate candidate. She shouldn't even be in the race. No, 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 no. no. I totally agree. But yeah, no, I, I think she had a very good night. I think she she's uh, in the top three contender uh, spot for me. Well, winners. Yeah, we'll do kind of like oh, yeah. a winners and losers, losers at the end. Okay, uh, let's yes. move on to Steve Bullock. This is the guy that replaced the, whoever the guy was that uh, dropped out <laughs> last time. Yeah, I have nothing interesting other than uh, stop smiling like that. <laughs> it's so creepy. I, I didn't get this guy. He seemed like a Republican to me. I mean, he had some, yeah. like, he was anti-Medicare for All, uh, and pretty much anti-Bernie is what it seemed like, why he was there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of seemed more right-wing than uh, even centrist, maybe. And one of the most fakest smiles of the evening. That's the most interesting thing I have to say about him. All right, John Delaney. Oh, uh, is this the bald guy? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's awful. <laughs> he's really, really awful. I hope he drops out very, very fast. Uh, one of the biggest losers of the night for me. Uh, atrociously bad at uh, getting uh, his standpoint out. And when he says his standpoints, I could not disagree more. Uh, yeah, he he seemed like he was just there to attack Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Warren, and yeah. he was given a lot of time to talk compared to some of the other people on stage. I would I would think he or either mm -hmm. that or he just took a lot of time to talk. But even some of the questions, I think the first question about Medicare for all to Bernie, who created who created the whole idea for Medicare for all and wrote the bill, which we'll get into that in yeah. a second. But uh, yeah. was uh, it was framed in a way where it was, uh, this is what John Delaney thinks about your bill. What do you think about this, Bernie? And it's like, why are you mm -hmm. framing the question from John Delaney's perspective, CNN? Like, right. ask him a direct question. Don't frame it from a different uh, opposing candidate's frame uh, frame of reference. That seems a right. little shady to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, next. Oh, I lost a spot. Uh, right, we were at uh, Tim Ryan. Uh, I don't really remember him. He was the guy that last in the last debate, um, Tulsi made look like a complete idiot over the ISIS thing. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. But I, I don't remember him from this debate, to be honest. He was another just very Republican-esque kind of guy happening here. Uh, John Hickenlooper. Yeah. <laughs> he, he 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 was at least the most funny one. I I I will give him that. <laughs> uh, I'm I did I he was one of my losers probably of this night is what yeah. I'm thinking. Oh, definitely. Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. Oh, she she was uh, very. I I think she got uh, very lost in in this. Yeah, uh, I think so too. She was better last time. Uh, I, I think she got totally lost in this. Uh, it's so strange how, how I feel like she she faded all into the background. She tried to get in some things here and there, but even when she did, it 
it, yeah. it like you said, it just faded out. Like it it was yeah. very yeah. mute compared to everybody else's uh, kind of yeah. points that stood out. Uh, better O'Rourke. Yeah. Um, I think better uh, had a better uh, night than last time, but uh, his first time was awful. So, <laughs> I mean, you can only go up from last time. I guess so. I didn't. I didn't. I still didn't think he did very well in this. I think no, no, no. I I don't see. I don't see why he's still in there. I don't think he has any chance right. of gaining any more momentum at this point. I think he should just give up. I think that about a few people here. Uh, Tim Ryan, John Hickenlooper, uh, and John Delaney. They basically have nothing to say. The only reason John Delaney seems to be in there is because he doesn't like Bernie Sanders, and I don't think that's a reason to run for president. Um, right. Uh, Pete Booty Judge. Yeah, uh, actually, one of my uh, biggest surprises, I was uh, surprised how much time he got. Uh, I felt I felt uh, he had some good stingers. Uh, I still don't like the guy, uh, but that's me personally. I he just seems um, a little too centrist. Like he's not going to stand out in a crowd of ten people because he doesn't really have any uh, breakaway opinions. It's all. I just want to stick with right. uh, the Affordable Care Act, and it seemed pretty. Everything right. seemed pretty good right now. I don't know why we'd want to change anything. It's like uh, maybe mm -hmm. because everybody's uh, uh, mad at the w at way things are going in the system right now in America. That's why we need to change things. Was he the one that brought up Obama all the time? Uh, possibly. I mean, he's kind of yeah, a, I, he's I an Ob so. Obama kind of light person so is better O'Rourke. I mean right. better O'Rourke if you listen to nice. it, to the way he speaks and if you were to close your eyes you could almost kind of like his the tone of his voice and the the uh, rhythm is very uh, Obama-esque. Yeah. Like he listened to Obama and but learned yeah. how, how to do public it, speaking. I, I, but I didn't write down but there was one candidate that like Oh, Obama tried this, and Obama did that, and Obama, 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 uh, and I think it was him. I, I have a strange feeling it was him. Anyway, continue. Right, um, I guess we're at Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Amazing night. Fucking amazing night. My, uh, she was amazing. She took everything on, on Stronghold. She had the best... Comebacks with with Bernie and and her Bernie and her together. I almost want to say Bernie Sanders as well because I felt like you said they were a dynamic duo this evening. Fucking hell, they were amazing both of them. I mean, after the first question, if if you were to go back and watch this, there's a point where you see like they're just focusing on Bernie, like the camera is at least. And uh, mm -hmm. somebody else is talking about Bernie, and you see Elizabeth Warren kind of put her hand over into the frame, and Bernie turns to her, and they both say something to each other on the debate stage, mm -hmm. and it was right at the beginning of the debate, and you could tell they were both like, "All right, yeah, it's time to team up. They're coming after us," and <laughs> and it seems like they they were uh, CNN was trying to push these questions to to uh, split them up and try to get them to attack each other. And instead, mm -hmm. they used those 
questions to either attack the opponents, uh, the other eight people, or sometimes even attacking CNN themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just feel like they had... Uh, I, 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 I just think uh, Elizabeth Warren and, and Bernie Sanders together was the dynamic duo of the evening. And I, 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 I can't really say who I think did the best job of them. I love them both in this. Well, I think it's pretty clear uh, to me. Who, but let's go into Bernie Sanders because that's our last person on the list here. What do you think of yep. Bernie Sanders tonight? Yeah, no, Bernie did uh, uh, did amazing. He was on the point. Uh, I really liked his comeback of, uh, hey, I wrote the bill. <laughs> right, I, I, let me go into that. I'll go into the whole thing. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, he says here, this is a quote from him, uh, there, there will be better, me better, they're better because Medicare is comprehensive. It covers all health care needs for senior citizens. It will be finally include dental care, hearing aids, and eyeglasses. Tim Ryan interrupted saying, you don't know that, Bernie, you don't know that. Uh, Bernie turns to Ryan and shot back, I do know that. I wrote the damn bill. And the audience <laughs> went nuts. The audience just went crazy for this. And it was like, yeah. it was like, the, um, if you're being a snotty little brat in the back of the car and your mom has finally been fed up with you <laughs> and she turns around and goes, you know, shut up. It was that kind of look from Bernie. Like, don't tell me what's in the bill. I wrote the bill. You know what I mean? It, it was great. And there was another point in this where, like I was saying about Bernie um, and Elizabeth Warren kind of going against CNN, CNN was trying to kind of use the questions, in a, spin the questions in a way to, to kind of uh, make their point and, and try to create a division between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie, and even at one point give John Delaney kind of ammo to attack Bernie with. Uh, mm -hmm. And Bernie even said this uh, to Jake Tapper, what I'm talking about and others up here are talking about is no deductibles and no co-payments. And Jake, your question is a Republican talking point. And by the way, the healthcare industry will be advertising tonight on this very program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I Tapper says, thank you, your time is up really quickly. And then Sanders added, they'll be advertising tonight with that talking point. <laughs> so he's directly <laughs> yeah. saying CNN is biased uh, towards the yeah. towards the medical industry or the pharmaceutical industry. And that saying, like, you're f specifically framing questions, Jake Tapper, to uh, not offend your your uh, bottom line as far as the advertisers to CNN. Right. But uh, yeah, no, I I I I I really liked him. He was on point. He was really on fire. Yeah, I just think uh, the them defending each other was such a good plan. Last time, I wanted him to come out in force. The last debate, and he kind of stayed back and mm. stayed kind of humble and this one i think we're going to cover a story at the end of the news i think that story is one of the reasons he came out so in such force uh right as to uh being against uh being attacking cnn and seeing that uh it's him against the world kind of when it comes to these debates mm -hmm. so let's do overall 
who's your top three winners, uh, top three losers? Let's start with the losers. Um, uh, bald guy, new guy, and uh, Obama guy. Yeah, I would say John Delaney as well. Um, I'm going to say better O'Rourke again because he... Really? I think this was his last chance to really try to get into the spotlight, and I don't think it worked. So I think I think his... his in, realistically, I think his bid is over, whether he goes out or not. Uh, so I think that's a real reason to have him on the losers list. And then... Uh, what's her name? Uh, the lady... Why can't I remember her name? Amy Klobuchar is my third loser. All right, winners. Yeah. Uh, strangely enough, our our favorite uh, psycho uh, analytic uh, wedge uh, lady, uh, Bernie and uh, Warren. Is that one, two, three, or just? Yeah, I th I, I I think actually uh, I I I can't. I can't split between uh, Warren and Bernie Sanders, to be honest, uh, for my winner. Okay, I and then you just both. and then you tied for one and two, and then Williamson in three. Yeah, I actually definitely. said Bernie one, Williamson two, and Warren okay. three, because I think Williamson okay. had uh, more to gain, and I think she did. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Where mm -hmm. Warren was already up there, and I don't think she lost anything, but I don't think she gained as much as Williamson did uh, in this. So I think, as far as the debate goes, Williamson probably got number two, even though some of mm. her talking points were completely nonsensical oh, gobbledygook. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we have to we have to make sure. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, it, it's gobbledygook. Hey, talk, talking about gobbledygook, uh, do you like clone, clowns? I don't mind clowns. I'm not like afraid of them like some people are. Yeah, I'm not very uh, afraid of clown. Clown. I can't. I can't say clowns today for some reason. Ah. Yes, yeah. Maybe I should do this story. Uh, uh, it says here, <laughs> a mass brawl on cruise ship leaves six injured, and there was blood everywhere. Was not started by a clown. Police say what? Is, oh? Why would they have to preface that? What? What? <laughs> A mass brawl broke out on a cruise ship and left six people in injured. Uh, the ship had departed from Bergen, Norway some 12 hours earlier and was en route for Southamptons as part of a one-week cruise. Uh, the fight, which erupted in the early hours of Friday morning on the cruise ship, saw three men and three women assaulted. Reports emerged from one witness uh, that the fracas had been caused by a person dressed up as a cloud, along uh, dressed up as a clown, alongside allegations a bystander had become frustrated at the costume, uh, as the ship had outlawed fancy dress. The mm. claim was widely reported uh, in a number of prominent news outlets. However, the spokesman for Hampshire Police uh, said there is no truth to that. Officers investigating following reports of the public order in, in incident uh, aboard the cruise ship. The incident happened during the early hours of Friday, June July 26th, while the ship was en route to Southampton from Bergen. Right. So, 
for some reason, it was widely reported that this clown was involved in this uh, because one witness had said that to like a news reporter, and so all the news picked it up as just fact, <laughs> and then the police had to come out and say, there was no clown involved in this. I don't know why you all thought there was a clown. <laughs> you heard the expression, uh, one clown turns to uh, ten clowns. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never heard that expression, but sure. Mm-hmm. It's not one feather ten, uh, turns to ten chickens or anything like that. Yeah, yeah no, but uh, it, it is a little like that. Uh, you, 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 I'm sure you played the Whisper game, have you? Right, we call it the telephone game. I think we've talked about yes. this before. Yes, and uh, it is the same thing with with uh, uh, when it comes to things like this. It, it gets to be the telephone game. Right, where, or that CNN where, article we covered, that one CNN yeah, article, yeah. which was totally false, completely false, but then other places started reporting it as though it was true because CNN said it was true, even though if you did any research, you'd realize that it's not true. I think that's a problem with some of these mainstream media outlets is they go, oh, they report it, we better get it out there so, we, so we're reporting it as soon as possible, even though we didn't fact check anything, <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking about fact uh, shutting, ASAP Rocky pleads not guilty to assault in the start of the trial in Stockholm. U.S. rapper and two members of his entourage uh, uh, accused of attacking Swedish capital in June the 3rd, 30th. Uh, and the prosecutor alleged that the platinum selling uh, artist's real name is uh, Rocky Mayers and two members of his entourage deliberated together and in agreement attacked uh, the alleged uh, victim Mustafa Jafari in Swedish capital on 30th June. The men who said they were responding to harassment and provocations have been in custody since the 3rd of July and face up to two years in prison. Uh, if the charges for assault causing actual bodily harm are upheld, their trial continued on Thursday and is due to close on this coming Friday. He admits uh, the truth, uh, the plaintiff on the uh, that he threw the plaintiff on the ground, that uh, uh, he stepped on his arm and punched and or pushed his shoulder. A mayor's lawyer. Uh, oh, fucking hell, long, strange name, As, uh, told the court, but insisted that it was a case of self-defense. But why is this such a big thing, you ask me, Luke? Why is this uh, such a big thing? I, I, well, because it's a celebrity, is that, obviously? Well, also, someone called Donald Trump got involved with this. Okay. Because he's afraid. He's afraid that this rapper will get pu uh, punished. Yeah. He's so afraid of that. <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> thinks Sweden is corrupt. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it says here... Well, have you seen the... There was a clip online... Of the of the incident in question, did mm -hmm. you see the clip I, online? 
Yep. Yep. It says here uh, they were posted on the artist's Instagram and had been edited to remove evidence of the. This is according to the prosecutor. Uh, the that the video had been uh, edited to remove evidence of the bodyguard grabbing the the uh, the guy before the fight and present and, and it also presented text messages between uh, him and his entourage uh, that they had cleaned it up a bit as far as the Instagram video goes. Yeah, I I've seen this video and. I guess there could have been something that happened before it that led up to it, but it seems like both people were... The one guy's definitely... Like, the Swedish guys are definitely egging it on. And then finally, yeah. the the entourage of ASP Rocky, ASAP Rocky, they finally kind of had enough of it, and then they just jumped the guys uh, who are... They, the one dude hit the guy with something... And that's after he the bodyguard gets hit. That's when every that everything goes down, kind of. Um, maybe like in America, if you get hit, mm. if somebody hits you, you have the right to defend yourself. And maybe it's not the same in Sweden. Uh, and that could be where they got confused. As for, uh, I mean, as far as the bodyguard goes, because you would think as a bodyguard, you would know the laws as to how you can defend yourself. You see what I mean, from? Mm. Right, so, I don't know, uh, we'll see what happens with this whole thing, but they are, as far as I know, pleading not guilty, so, I'm guessing he has a really good lawyer, I'm guessing you probably will get off, from what I've seen of the video, I, at least. The President Trump tweeted, I personally don't know ASP Rocky, but I can tell you, he has tremendous support from the African American community in this country. When I say African-American, I think I can really say from everybody in this country and see, we are all one. That's what President Trump tweeted. I like and I like how, and then you we're looking at a Guardian article, he says that, but this Guardian article <laughs> says, entertainment figures including Kim Kardashian... Justin Bieber, Post Malone, and Shawn Mendes has backed uh, have backed him. Are any of those people African American? No, not a single one of them is. Really? Right. Really? None. No, no, none of them. No, not a single one of those people. Not one of Ooh. those four people is. Yeah. No. It will. It will be interesting to see. I. I. I think it's. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh. Um, our friend Tron will will uh, talk a little more about this a little later. Uh, talking about lawsuits, uh, there's a judge that uh, tosses a Democratic lawsuit against the Trump uh, campaign out. Right. Uh, this this story was released the at the exact same time as the Democratic debates were happening, right at the halfway point of the debate fro, this story came out. Is that convenient that the mm. people who would have been paying attention to this story weren't because they were all paying attention to the de Democratic debate, right? Uh, it says here, even, the U.S. judge on Tuesday dismissed a Democratic Party lawsuit that argued that the Russian government pres and President Donald Trump's campaign and WikiLeaks carried out a conspiracy to influence the 2016 election. U.S. District Judge John Cope 
Wow. Coil tell. There's definitely a vowel missing in that. Um, in Manhattan said he, he could not hear claims against Russia, which were the focus of the case because of a legal doctrine called sovereign immunity that shields foreign governments from litigation in the United States. Uh, Kotel said that holding WikiLeaks and the Trump campaign libel for dissemination of hacked emails would also infringe on the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. That's what I've been saying this whole time, bro. I'm sorry. It's it is it's so it's so obvious. So obvious. Uh, and you're not going to see yeah, this story on. on CNN or MSNBC or anywhere else because it pr it disproves everything they've been saying for th like three years, <laughs> you know, two and a half years or whatever it is. Uh, it says here the DNC said in its lawsuit that top officials of the Trump campaign had conspired with Russian government and it's and its military spy agency to hurt Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton to tilt the election to Trump. But like we said, this judge, U.S. District Judge, uh, says holding WikiLeaks and the Trump campaign liable for dissemination of hacked emails would infringe on the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which this judge just said that they can't charge WikiLeaks and Julian Assange for the what happened in 2016 even if any of it was true because wikileaks is it, it would be a, a violation of the freedom of press which is what we've been saying this whole time and, and probably why they're charging him with the 2011 stuff because they can't charge him with the 2016 stuff and it's even proven more here because we have a judge actually saying it in court so yeah fantastic fantastic and you won't hear this story anywhere else, probably. But we, we are getting it from Reuters, so this is a legitimate, legitimate story. All right, let's move on. Well, well, it's it's not uh, as incredible as the next one because TSA finds an actual luxury in Travers luggage. I, I'm 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 amazed. Uh, it's not often military artillery there find its ways through airport security. But that was the case for TSA in Baltimore, who found something unusual in the passenger luggage. The item in question was a missile launcher in a travel check bag, which was detected by TSA officers at the Baltimore-Washington International Thursgod Marshall Airport on Monday, uh, uh, on Monday morning. We see a picture of it. Uh, it looks like a gas can. A long gas can. Maybe. Don't I guess agree? so. It doesn't look like a full-size full missile launcher, but I think that, see, there's like the part we're seeing, and then if you look to the right in the picture, there's right. another piece of it standing up there. that They'd probably connect together. Uh, yeah, and it says Griffin on it, so maybe they don't like Gryffindor. Uh, the passenger that who was the resident of Jacksonville, Texas, Texas told the officials that he had, uh, was an active a military member and he wanted to keep the missile launcher as a souvenir. <laughs> uh, the unnamed passenger was detained for questioning and he told the, the, the officials uh, he was actively serving in the military and was traveling home to the U.S. from Kuwait, according to a statement. 
I just looked it up. The, uh, yeah. Griffin missile system is uh, it's a missile system created by Raytheon. Great. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, launcher was not live, and it uh, was confiscated uh, and handed over to the state marshal, who will dispose of it. Right. This reminds. What was that? <laughs> I like. I like the ending. Just, just let me say that. Okay. In the statement, TSA made it clear that military weapons are not permitted in checked luggage or carry-on bags. Like you have to make that fucking statement. <laughs> right. Uh, did you ever see Airplane Two? The scene where yes. they're going through the metal detector <laughs> yes. and there's all these guys yes. with these massive weapons. They stop mm-hmm. the old lady. Right. This is kind of reminds me of that for some reason. Uh, okay, so, uh, that's fun. we should mention this was a really slow week, so we're just kind of having fun with the news, because not a whole lot of giant, big stories happening this week, to be honest. But, uh, uh, one thing I found interesting, author of Christian Relationship Guide says he lost his faith after uh, after losing his wife. American author of best-selling Christian Guide to Relationships for Young People has announced his marriage is over, and he lost his faith. Joshua Harris, who whose biblical guide for relationships, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, sold nearly a million copies uh, and was published in 1997, uh, has also apologized to LGBT plus people for contributing to culture of exclusion. Uh, it, it says here, uh, last year, Harris disavowed the ideas in I Kissed Dating Goodbye, saying in a statement, I no longer agree with its central idea that dating should be avoided, I now think dating can be a healthy part of a person's developing, uh, oh, developing and learning the qualities that matter most uh, in a partner. This month, he announced on his Instagram that he and his wife were separating after twenty years of, twenty-one years of marriage. Uh, in another Instagram message posted nine days later, uh, he had undergone a massive shift regarding his faith in Jesus. He wrote the popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away by all the measurements that I have for defining uh, a Christian. I am not a Christian is what he says. This is really interesting. <laughs> what do you think about this? I, like, I, I, um, I can, I can kind of understand why you picked this as a, uh, as a thing. The thing is, like, I remember uh, uh, when I was Christian, I, I got uh, this book recommendation uh, from a guy. And uh, the book is called Good Morning, Holy Spirit, or something in that vein. Uh, sorry if I don't remember the uh, uh, title 110% correct. I think it was written by Billy Graham. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I I remember reading it, and I was thinking, what a bunch of... Uh, and this was when I was deeply Christian. I was like, what a bunch of BS that there is in this book. Uh, it didn't talk about anything about like uh, getting closer to God, in my opinion, uh, back then. And I remember that. So I was thinking when I read read this, like... A Christian writing uh, uh, a book about relationships then uh, divorces and goes out of the faith 
it's kind of proving my, my point why, why I became an atheist. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy that you brought this up. Yeah, it's like confirming I did the, the right thing. It says here he was a former pastor at a U.S. megachurch. He urged young Christians to reject dating for courtship under the guidance of parents and observe sexual abstinence. Uh, the book written by Harris when he was 21 was widely circulated within the Christian youth groups, helping to promote purity culture and vows to preserve, preserve virginity until marriage. Uh, his best-selling book has been discontinued because of its flaws, he said. So he stopped selling this book, but I'm sure it's still being circulated in those Christian groups. I bet you anything. What's also selling is McDonald's food. A police officer and accused McDonald's uh, workers of biting into his uh, McChicken sandwich only to realize he forgot he took a bite earlier. <laughs> Identified officer at the Marion County Sheriff's Office uh, issued a formal apology to a McDonald's in Indianapolis after he claimed employees at the store tampered with his food. Uh, when the officer, identified as DJ, uh, opened uh, the refrigerator in the sheriff's office, grabbed the meal on July 15, he found several small bites in his Mexican <laughs> sandwich. I know I didn't eat it. No one else is around, I said. You know what? I'm going to go to the McDonald's and see if I, I can get it taken care of. The officer returned to McDonald's, and the shift supervisor offered him free food, according to the police statement. He refused the food, suspecting an employee had graveled on his sandwich as a sign of disrespect. It says here, <laughs> I just wanted to find out who the person was, and... And they deal with and have the per, and have them per, deal with the person in the appropriate way. It turns out he, the person who bit the sandwich was him, right? <laughs> so he went on the news and everything about this. I don't know if you remember this, bro, because it was very American centric. But during the uh, Black Lives Matter, when Black Lives Matter was a really big thing here in America, there was all these police officers coming out and saying they were being disrespected by employees. At different fast food restaurants, Starbucks, uh, Chipotle, I think was one, uh, Taco Bell, other places, uh, saying it, it because they were cops, they were being uh, harassed by um, these employees. And this is in the same vein where this guy thought that because he was a cop, he was being harassed by these McDonald's employees. And it turns out that he himself was harassing himself. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, I had friends that worked, I never worked at a McDonald's, but I had multiple friends that worked at McDonald's when I was in like, you know, high school, maybe in, even into college. And I know one friend who every time a cop would come through the drive-thru, they would add bacon to whatever they got. <laughs> they would put, if they got a Big Mac, they would put bacon on it. If they got a chicken sandwich, they would just put bacon on it. And eventually they did it so much that the cops had to come to that McDonald's and say, would you stop putting bacon on all of our food? <laughs> <laughs> so what video are we going to watch right let's go into this story really quick and then we'll watch the video but the um this has to go into the whole thing i was talking about earlier with the debate and 
Sanders and why I think uh, he came out not only punch, uh, punching in this debate, but I would say even el elbows were thrown. He, he did not care. He came out in force. So we're going to watch the, it says watch the bold TV spot below. Um, let me go into this really quick. Uh, there was a woman on MSNBC, an analyst named Mimi Roca, uh, who made some comments about Bernie Sanders, saying some things about her, which we're going to hear in this video. And so the Sanders campaign heard this and they were very upset about it. They felt like they were being attacked by the media. Clearly they were. And so they made this response ad that we're going to watch in response to MSNBC. So go ahead and give me a countdown for all. In three, two, one, play. Bernie Sanders makes my skin crawl. What I say to that is that it is wrong all day long, and it is very anti-feminist. This is Sen Senator Nina Turner. An MSNBC analyst said that Senator Bernie Sanders makes her skin crawl, and she couldn't give a reason why. And I can't even identify for you what exactly it is, but oh I, I see him as sort of a, a not pro-woman mm. candidate. Hashtag receipts. In the 90s, Gloria Steinem came to support Senator Bernie Sanders in Vermont and declared him to be an honorary woman. Actually, I'm only here today to make Bernie Sanders an honorary woman. <laughs> Hashtag receipts. Senator Bernie Sanders and his policies are pro-women. When you look at Medicare for all and ensuring that women get the health care that they need and that they deserve. He has been voting for a women's right to choose since before I was born, even before it was the cool thing to do in the party. And we're seeing like all these receipts as far as like news articles from the 70s about this stuff. It's pretty interesting. Black women are three and a half times more likely to die than white women in childbirth. And a large part of that problem is due to the fact that many women in this country, black women in this country, are uninsured. Bernie Sanders is the only candidate in this race who is prepared to address this crisis. And as someone that comes from a low-income background, I grew up with a chronic medical illness. Medicare for all, coupled with the cancellation of all student loan debt, would completely change my life. His debt cancellation policies would help me and my husband be able to participate more in the economy. Hashtag receipts. Senator Bernie Sanders has been one of the most robust and biggest champions for pay increase. And what we are hearing from women is, why is it happening that they are sitting in an office making 79 cents on the dollar compared to a man in that office? That has nothing to do with economics. It has everything to do with sexism. Because for so long in this country, unfortunately, women have been paid lower wages than men and raising up the floor to a basic living wage would help millions of women in this country. In 1963, there was a photo taken of him being dragged away by police. 
What that photo doesn't show is that he was chained to two black women who were protesting discriminatory school policies. As a black woman, that lets me know that he's on our side and always has been. Well, as an undocumented young woman, I support Senator Bernie Sanders because he has never made me feel like I'm any different from any other constituent that he has. You know what this is all coming out of, bro? Senator Bernie Sanders is as No. Is the Bernie bro fake Bernie bro thing, remember that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Please share your stories as to why you support Senator Bernie Sanders. Because he is pro-woman, but more importantly, he is pro-humanity. Yeah. Yeah. It says paid for by Bernie. 2020. Yeah. Uh, we have another digital citizen support Bernie Sanders if uh, people ask not. Uh, for some reason, I've all, uh, I've been all like on the Bernie t with Tulsi VP train, which I still totally am. But after that debate, bro, Elizabeth Warren yeah. looking pretty damn good. They seem like a really good yep. team that could do some damage. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah, uh, I think I Tulsi would still together. be good. But after seeing how well they work together, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love them together. But it's yeah, this almost. This whole almost thing. like I don't Sorry. care. Yeah, no, it's almost like I don't care which of them is president. It will be better than the monkey we have now. So, if, uh, if Elizabeth Warren gets in, uh, and, and Bernie becomes well, he could become VP, or he might end yeah. up just being in the cabinet somewhere. But VP would be great. Like the problem with VP is VP, you generally don't want it to be the older of the two people, right? Because right, right. So, um. But I can even if she did win, uh, I would be fine with it just because I know Bernie would have influence on on the, how she's going to run the country because she's taken a lot of her policies directly from him and they are friends, so yeah. I can see that working. But I still want Sanders to win. Uh, but this whole thing <laughs> definitely, like I said, uh, why why this lady said uh, he makes her skin crawl and that he it's because he's. Uh, anti-woman, I don't really even know why I feel that way, but I just feel that way, like, internally. And it has to do with this whole Bernie bro thing that the, the MSNBC and then CNN uh, stirred up, which came out of the Hillary Clinton campaign, actually created the whole Bernie bro thing. It was never real at all. It was created by the Clinton campaign as a something to fight uh, fight with during the, uh, the primaries against Bernie. Uh, and they, the Clinton campaign even did that to Obama in, in 2008. I don't know if you knew that, Fro. Uh, there was a whole thing. I think it was called the Obama Boys back then that was created by the Clinton campaign, which is the exact same thing. They were trying to say, oh, it's these Obama Boys. They're so sexist. It was the same thing. Bernie bros, they're so sexist. And since all these people heard this over and over again, Bernie bros, Bernie bro, Bernie bros, now they they've been conditioned to believe that Bernie Sanders is sexist. Does that make sense? Mm. It's a conditioning. Mm. These people have been conditioned over time. It's like brainwashing. It's crazy. Yeah, it's very, very, very crazy. Well, now Trump is uh, oh, going to tell the truth about don't mess with Sweden. This is Trump where Trump tells the truth. We don't often hear about Sweden on CNN. We don't hear about a Scandinavian country whatsoever. 
and says that, oh well, in a couple of occasions when Bernie Sanders says he wants a Scandinavian model, and the conservative says everything is so wrong in the in those socialist countries. But we have a funny case going on now because he's a black rapper who arrested in Sweden, and suddenly Donald Trump is so concerned. Yeah, he's so concerned that he he mentions that the African American community is so concerned. Well, what the fuck did Trump ever be concerned about the African community in the United States? And how can he be so passionate about rule of law in Sweden? When it comes to security and justice, uh, Sweden are number five, American are number 20. Yes. And when suddenly did Trump care so much about black people? Well, after this incident, he bashed out Alia Cummings. Yes, he did. And after that, he went on a rampage against Sharpton, Reverend Sharpton. So his suddenly passion about it, about these things, I think pathetic. It's something with Sweden that I think also hurt conservatives and rich people, billionaires like Trump even more. They're not bail system. They cannot pay themselves out of the problem. And it's another thing too. The prime minister cannot demand stop court cases. That is something the power uh, the prime minister in Sweden don't have. And that's a good thing. The, the suddenly, you have to clear up in your own country, Mr. President Golden Shower, before you tell Swedish people what to do. I would not say whether that this rapper is innocent or guilty, but he will get a fair trial. That is something a lot of black people in the United States never get, because they get shot by the police. Act you can't criticize in the United States before conservatives say it's an attack on the police force. So, go fuck yourself, President Golden Shower, and fuck yourself to all <laughs> conservatives. And your suddenly compassion is bullshit. Sweden is not going to let itself pressure by the United States when it's issue. Like, no European country is going to let the pressure of, of the United States in, in these issues anytime, anymore. Americans have lost their power in Europe, and with Brexit, they even they even loses their biggest allies to kiss their asses in Europe too. Yes, without Britain in the European Union, not many American friends, by the conservative friends, are left in the European establishment. This is Trump. With Trump, tells the truth. Have a fucking night. That was uh, Trump with uh, telling the truth. Hey, Trump, stop. Stop with the peepee thing. It's it's been debunked a thousand million times. The, the entire you can, dossier is not real. <laughs> it not, it's not. Oh, a re, it was never it. real. It's all made up. Stop it, Trump. You can take Trump on any, any every other thing. The peepee president. It's it's so childish. Stop it, Trump. Another digital citizen doesn't really always support Trump in his support in his messages. Anyway, we allow him a platform. If you want a platform, you can follow us on Twitter, <laughs> on podcast at ADC. I don't know if I've said that any anytime. Before. I need to add it to our run uh, sheet. Actually, I need to add that to our run sheet because it's not on there yet. <laughs> but yeah, we have an email address as well. Another digital citizen at gmail.com. If you want to email us there, you can go to our Facebook, and like Fro said, go to our new Twitter. Check out what's going on there. Maybe I'll get on there this week and kind of stir up some shit. 
Um, but it seems like it's doing pretty well for the first week on there. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got an email. It's from Jeremy. Yeah, we did get an email finally. Yeah. Guys, I know you're going to mention the debate this week. I just uh, can't let you destroy uh, Pete Buttigieg's uh, name anymore. Any longer, sorry. Just pronounce it phonetically. Boot, ed, edge. <laughs> Boot, edge, edge. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. Uh, is that how it's said? Boot ed? I, I don't know if this is a joke or not. This could be a joke. And then it, we might be getting trolled here. Boot edge edge. Uh, <laughs> Are we getting trolled by you, Jeremy? I can't tell. You're trolling us? <laughs> I, I don't think anybody, even this this guy, Pete Booty Nuggets, knows how to say his name. So maybe we just call him Pete Booty Nuggets from now on. Yeah. Oh, wait, Thanks, that sounds Jeremy. worse than Booty Judge, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, 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 during the debate last night, one of the, I think it was the female uh, d- uh, moderator. What, I think it was Dana Bash. Is that who the female moderator was last night? Sure. Sure. Whoever she was, she said Pete Booty Judge. I was. Yeah. I even listened to her say uh, oh, yeah. Pete Booty Judge, and I was thinking, wow, that's what we say as a joke. And I wonder if she made a mistake. <laughs> you know, maybe she made a mistake just once and I noticed it. Or if, yeah, yeah, or if it is pronounced some different way. But I think this is a joke because if you look at it, he spells Pete Booty, he spells it wrong in the email. So, Yeah, you spelled it incorrectly in the email, Jeremy. So that's what, that makes me think it's a joke, yeah. Boot mm-hmm. edge Trolling edge. troll. Boot edge edge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, some <laughs> movie TV news. Uh, Disney Plus will be offered as a Hulu add-on. Disney is getting ready to enter the streaming game in a big, uh, splashy way in November uh, with the launch of Disney+. Plus. The service is meant to direct competitors to Netflix and will feature a ton of high-dollar original programming such as the Mandalorian, a live action uh, Lady and the Tramp remake, and a slate of Marvel TV shows. To uh, assert the dominance in the uh, industry, it's been revealed that Hulu will be offering Disney Plus as an add-on, which means that the service will be even more applicable to potential subscribers. It also means that consumers uh, have an important choice to make. So what do you think about this? I would assume that with the add-on... Uh, it's going to be like commercials on the add-on, is my guess. Uh, mm. I, I'm not really sure how Disney Plus is going to work as far as commercials go. Have you heard anything about that yet? Yeah, I don't know. Like, are they going to have a commercial version and a non-commercial version that's more expensive? Or is it going to be like, you know, is it going to be like Netflix, there's no commercials? Or is it going to be like Hulu, where you can get one or the other? Yeah. Uh, right. And then if there is going to be a Disney Hulu version of Disney Plus, is that one going to have commercial version and not commercial version? Or Yeah, I'm not really sure how this is all going to work. I, I do know that Hulu is... They are on the up uh, the upswing as far as bringing in different... Like, you can get uh, CBS on Hulu, uh, All Access, HBO, and, and things like that already as add-ons on there. Um, mm-hmm. And I see these things 
this is definitely gonna hurt Netflix. It, uh, is what I'm. That's really what I'm seeing out of this whole thing. I totally agree. But uh, look, let's talk about the loudest voice episode five because we fucking skipped it for some reason. Oh, oops, we did. Uh, oh, because it's in the wrong spot. Why is it in the wrong spot on the run sheet? I don't know why that is. But uh, yeah, the loudest voice. Let me go. The loudest you, voice. Buy me some time, and I'm gonna go find the description. It's it's a very. Uh, hey, everybody, we are on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that we are on podcast ADC <laughs> at podcast ADC on Twitter. You can follow us. <laughs> and share a podcast. Okay, uh, uh, 2012 is the name of this uh, episode. Fox News Channel is now the dominant news outlet, and Roger is working the le- uh, the levers of his power over the network. Over Fox and Friends host uh, Gretchen Carl, as well as over Fox and Friends host Gretchen Carlson, who is getting too demanding. Over Joe Lindsay, who's starting to question his work for Roger, and over Gabe Sherman, an intrepid intrepid journalist who's digging even deeper into Roger's secret world while Roger is while Roger is buffeted by these threats he doesn't see the danger posed by Gretchen Carlson after years of harassment by Roger she has finally had enough yeah Uh, I think I forgot about this uh, uh... (laughs) I think I forgot about it because it was a very on par episode of this uh, uh, of this show, this this felt very like okay, we're wrapping things up now. I was Gretchen Carlson ever in the show before, or is this the first episode, or am I just totally blanking on her, uh, this actress being no. in the show up until now? No, it was just no. this episode. I think it just was this episode. That's yeah. what I thought too. Okay, so. Yeah. That kind of threw me for a loop. Like, we're just adding a new character here that's, like, a pivotal point of this whole story, and we're just adding it in yeah. in, like, the last three episodes. Um, I'm still seeing only seven episodes, Fro, so don't worry about that. We still, according yeah. to what I'm seeing, they haven't added anything else. Uh, yeah, this whole episode was uh, the same as all the other episodes. and I wouldn't even say it was any better or any worse there was one scene i kind of did enjoy um with what with the uh, what's his name family guy uh guy oh yeah um oh don't throw me under the bus like that uh, I can, why can't i remember i can see his face like in my i'm looking it up Seth MacFarlane, right. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. Uh, <laughs> you, you get it right after I say it, sure. Um, <laughs> Bro's like, yep, I got it. I definitely got it there. I didn't hear you say it first and then say it. Um, no, there was one scene in this where he hey, gets... Hey, don't call me out! I'm your friend! <laughs> um, there was one scene where he gets fi- fired... And I thought, yes. as far as acting goes, that was maybe the best acting job I've ever seen Seth MacFarlane <laughs> do in anything he's ever been in. That that includes Family Guy and everything else. Oh uh, uh, other than that, that one scene, this was a pretty you know basic thing, uh, make making him seem creepy, but at the same time, 
Oh, there was another scene that was kind of interesting, the bomb shelter scene, which I brought oh, that, that up in the past. Yeah. I remember I pointed that out to you, Fro? You were like, mm -hmm. I don't know what he's digging, and I was like, I bet it's a bomb shelter, and uh, mm -hmm. definitely turned out to be that. It's just like crazy, insane bomb shelter, actually. Yeah, no, uh, but uh, I give this uh, episode a 7. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6. Cool. Now we can get into uh, things we've seen. Uh, because, gosh darn it, uh, there's been some uh, things on TV this week. Uh, let's start with... Uh, the lights out with David Spade. Did you watch this, Luke? No, I didn't even hear about it. It's on Comedy Central. It's a panel thing with David Spade in it. Okay. Uh, duh. Um, they have one very funny segment where they pick his driver and send him on stage with an earpiece in his okay. ear to do stand-up. For right. the first time, that was uh, pretty funny. Other than that, I would give it a six. So it's like a panel show, like uh, he's like the host, and he brings in people and they talk about shit. Yeah. Okay. Things. Yeah. I, I'm honestly, I've never really been a huge David Spade fan, to be honest. But yeah, but that that segment was very funny. It was very funny. Uh, it was uh, David Spade, uh, that guy that does roasting in the background, giving him lines to say the driver. And he was actually doing it pretty good. And he was doing stand-up for the first time in his life. It was quite funny. Uh, okay, I watched uh, se season finale this week. Uh, Strange Angels season two finale was this week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you check this out? Very cool ending. I would. I think we're setting up for a third season because we get introduction of a brand new character right at the end that everybody's going to be super interested in. I don't think I want to spoil it, but it, Fro knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It's very. Uh, it's very uh, not to ruin anything, but it's very related to things we talk about in this podcast. Is that a way to? <laughs> I mean, this whole show very. is about. Very related. Very related. Things, We've yeah. talked a lot about this very specific person in the past. Um, Intense. Well, I mean, that could be anything, really, when it comes to this podcast. But I really like that yeah. ending bit. I like this season has been totally way crazier uh, yeah. than the first one. As far as, like, they notched up the crazy, like, the sex and everything in this is, like, yep. ten times more yep. than the last one. Um one thing that really confused me about this season is, like, yeah. uh, his wife has sex with this guy. I mean, they're Satanists, so they're having sex with all these people, but she has sex with the one guy and then gets all upset when he has sex with somebody else. I was like, this is dumb. Mm -hmm. Why would you, how would you get upset? You, you've been having sex with this other dude for all this time and now you're upset because he had sex with somebody else? Get over yourself. Um, overall, though... Really good season. I'm going to give it a nine. I don't know. What about... What do you think? What do you give it? I think it's better than the last season. I think it's more raunchy. I think it's more fun. I think it's more uh, sexy. I think it's, it is more on the edge. 
I I gave this a nine and a half. Almost a ten. I think this show is the new um, kind of the new the leftovers for me, or like the yes. new new yes. maybe more the new the path because it's more similar yeah, oh, to that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the path was the new leftovers for me, and this yes. is the new path. So yeah, yes. I think it's this is the new kind of my one of my favorite shows out right now. Um, oh, definitely. And this season was even more crazy. And it's really cool that I wouldn't say it's 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 based on a true story. I'm going to say very loosely based, obviously. But the fact <laughs> that loosely. a lot a lot of the people in this are based on true yeah. uh, real real life people and characters and everything else that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Orange is the new black cat is a season finale season. That was. Did you understand the thing what I said there? <laughs> series finale, <laughs> season finale of the series, yes. Season, yeah, yes. Uh, it came out all on uh, Netflix. I binged it. Uh, I've seen all the other seasons, so why the fuck not? Uh, it was a good ending. I thought it uh, ended in more or less a perfect matter. Uh, and I also think uh, it, it was a very satisfying ending. So I give the, this last season a strong seven and a half, almost eight. Nice. Okay. Um, I saw a show called Another Life on Netflix. From mm. did you see? Mm-hmm. Did you Me see too. this? Yes, mm-hmm. with uh, one of my favorite actors in it, or actresses, I should say. Really? I, I didn't know anybody in the show. Uh, the main character is from one of the Star Trek shows. Uh, let me Google it. Katie Sackhoff oh, is her talking. name, I think? Yeah, Kaki, Kaki Sackhoff, yeah. <laughs> and then there's no, whatever that guy I call him knockoff Aaron Paul because he looks basically exactly <laughs> like Aaron Paul it's a, yeah <laughs> it's like the cheaper version of Aaron Paul probably whatever that guy's <laughs> name is is also in it uh, yeah the show was about in the future uh, we're sending people away from Earth to try to find some kind of uh, alien civilization or something is that what you don't understand mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And it's about the crew, and they're trying to figure out what these aliens want, and it's more kind of a battle between the crew themselves and uh, what they want for the mission, at least from the episode. I saw three episodes of this. I don't know about how much did you see. Uh, I saw uh, halfway. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to be honest. This is one of the worst shows this year. It is one of oh, yeah. the most terrible shows put out so far this year. It's uh, atrocious. Uh, she's uh, from Battlestar Galactica, by the way. And she also played uh, Dana Walsh in uh, uh, one of the seasons of 24. So, But she's mostly known for Battlestar Galactica. That, that's where, where she was, where I know her from. I just know her because her name's Katie Sackoff, and that's just a funny name. That's why I know right. her. Um, because Sackoff. But yeah, no, th- this was awful. 
It has seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, bro. So we're not alone on this one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was, I was, I was still hoping you would say that because it's it's uh, it's such a weird show. Uh, there's ten episodes. I think I said I saw four, four episodes. I, I think I saw one more than you. Okay, you said three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to finish it, too. I'm not watching any more of this. Hell no. The acting is terrible. The special effects are awful. The storyline makes sense, I guess, but isn't really going anywhere, as far as I can tell. Um, It's all set in one setting, so you don't ever really go outside of the spaceship, uh, which gets really boring as far as the setting Mm -hmm. goes. And... The characters I'm not that interested in, and some of them aren't really even explained as to what their character is. At least not in the three episodes I saw. Um, yeah, no. It it's it 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 reminds me of a very like uh, like if I had to explain it in a good way, it's a generic science fiction show that hasn't really gotten a grip of what science fiction is. <laughs> that's that's more or less what it is. It's a science fiction show that doesn't really know. It's a science fiction show, right? I guess I should point out we do leave the spaceship kind of in the in the sense that we go into these flashbacks of, yeah, but that of their life. Count. Yeah, no, it doesn't count. Doesn't really count. But it, I mean, it is a different setting, but it's still technically it's a flashback, so it's still happening right. in the show on the ship. But we are like going to, but those flashbacks. This is what I felt, bro, as far as the show. I felt like two show TV shows were made, and they never got finished. And they were like, mm-hmm. we can take these two TV shows and just make this one the flashbacks of the other show, mm. and we'll just mash them together and finish it. Finish it in a way where uh, we'll just have one complete show out of these two separate TV shows we started making. Yeah, did it kind I of feel like that? Get, yeah, yeah, I totally get what you uh, what you're saying. Uh, so yeah, I, overall, I gave this a two. I gave it a two point five, so that's pretty close. I mean, yeah, there wasn't I any glaring yeah. like errors as far as editing or glaring errors as far as sound no. design or anything like that. But no. uh, special effects were bad, so yeah, two is definitely two point five, somewhere around there. Uh, I saw the two last episodes of Land Lands of God. Fucking amazing show. Just four episodes. Go and watch it if you haven't watched it. It's about nuns. Right, okay. Uh, Very nuns. I need to check that out. I tried to finish mm-hmm. Nas Feratu, or Nas 4A2, if you want to actually look it up mm-hmm. somewhere. I couldn't finish it. It's not good enough to even get I'm, through. I, I, I had four episodes left, as far, like because I was a little bit behind this week, yeah, and I tried yeah. to go back into it and watch it, and I was just... I was not feeling it. I was like, I'd rather watch Rick and Morty, and so I watched <laughs> Rick and Morty. I'm very happy that you agree with me that it's a shit show. I remember that you thought it was very good in the beginning. and I didn't think it was I'm, very I'm, good, but I thought I'm, it was worth watching. I think one real drawback that I'm having a problem with the show is that it's this Christmas-based thing, and we're in the middle of summer. It just doesn't feel... Mm. Like, if they would have put the show out in October and it would have went into December, I think it would have been more relevant to how everybody was viewing things, where putting a Christmas show in the middle of summer, it just feels out of place. 
Uh, I think we saved the two shows uh, we will disagree on the most for last. Um, let's talk about The Boys, because I know that you've seen some episode of The Boys. This is the only, since you, this is uh, the only show, other show I've seen, so why don't we do whatever other show you saw, and we'll do The Boys last. Okay, Four Weddings and a Funeral came out uh, with uh, their first four episodes, I think it is. I I've just seen one episode. I've I haven't come there so far. Okay. It has uh, nothing really to do with the original movie. That was so I... long ago. Sorry. That movie came out so long ago. <laughs> I know. I know. But but I mean, uh, it's uh, it's supposed to be based on it. But, yeah, uh, clearly. Uh, but uh, I liked it. I gave it a 7.5, the first episode. Hulu. That movie came out, Fro, in 1994. Mm-hmm. And they're making, like, there are kids that are 18 that and, and 20, 21, that weren't even born when the movie came out. They don't even know what the movie was. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, this is... It's a little late to be trying to uh, rebuild like a, a franchise that I don't think was ever really that giant of a franchise to begin with. So, yeah, but uh, they they are working definitely uh, on on like trying to. Uh, there are some callbacks and things like that to the movie that I find interesting. But uh, yeah, I like Seven is not a bad. I think I saw the movie in like '94 and have never seen it since. So you know what I mean? Like I barely even remember what the movie was about, other than that there were four weddings I, and a funeral. It's quite quite funny, yeah. Okay, but let's talk about the boys. The boys, yes. Uh, it, this was on Amazon, right? Yes, Amazon yes, Video. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I will let you go first. That is not the fan of kind Su- of superhero shows. Superhero, yes. This is not necessarily your standard superhero show. It's supposed no. to be more uh, tongue in cheek, kind of making fun of superhero oh. shows, maybe, or like, <clears throat> um, maybe not making fun, maybe more, uh, oh, yeah. oh, yes. making light of, I yeah. guess, yeah, making fun of it. Yeah, it's very de uh, uh, deconstructing uh, uh, a normal uh, superhero show. See, and the, kind pro- of the reason I don't want to say it's yeah. it, it's funny, it's making fun of superhero shows, is because it's not funny. That's the problem. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> right. it's not funny at all. So I don't want to like misconstrue that it's like comedy or something. <laughs> it's, oh, it's no, 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 no. But it's about uh, a group of superheroes that are. It's the Tick. If if you see the TV show The Tick, it's mm. almost identical to the same storyline. Uh, there's this giant superhero group that uh, is run by this huge corporation, and everybody thinks they're this great superhero group, but it they're this giant corporation that is actually really evil. Uh, it seems like so far from what I've seen, uh, and this guy. Uh, who's kind of one main character, and then this girl who becomes one of these superheroes is another main mm-hmm. character. The guy, his fiance, I believe it was, or was it just girlfriend? Uh, it was his wife, 
I think. I think it was either girlfriend or fiance, because I don't think they okay. were married yet. Yeah, so one or the it's, other. It's definitely, it, it's Carl Urban playing uh, Billy Butcher in the TV show, if you wanted to know. And it's also uh, Aaron Morati playing Starlight, or Annie, Anna, yeah. Sure. That's okay. the two main characters, yeah. Like the actors, right. Uh, yes. And his girlfriend slash fiance slash possibly wife uh, gets killed by yeah. one of these superheroes on accident because of collateral damage. You know, when you see these superhero movies and things are blowing up all over the place, uh, like Infinity War right. or something, you never get to see the collateral damage, how many civilians were murdered by Captain America or something like that. And this kind of goes into mm. that whole concept. That's the joke. That's the running thing of the show is that uh, the collateral damage superheroes would cause in real life. Um Mm-hmm. And then they threw in this kind of Me Too storyline with Starlight and how she's mm-hmm. a woman in, in this men's world or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, the show was not for me. I th- I gave it a chance because it's not your standard superhero show. I don't like superhero shows, but this one, I thought mm-hmm. I, it had potential to be something other than just your standard superhero show. I thought it wound up being very standard it it was on amazon but if it would have been on abc or nbc i wouldn't have been surprised because it felt like a standard network tv show to me well other than that it's super violent and (laughs) very cursy (laughs) right sure i guess so other than that yeah yeah uh i fucking loved it uh and i knew that i i uh, was going to like it from the beginning. I I love the premise of it. I love I love how they deconstruct uh, a superhero show and like kind of make uh, not fun of it, like Luke said, but they put it in another spotlight. Like this is like this is the story. If if you met your hero, there's a saying like never meet your hero because they will turn out to be an asshole or something like that. Uh, and it, it is a little like that, this show. And I, I do think, funny enough, that it gets better and better and better. Uh, because I think maybe the weakest uh, part of uh, this show was the first four episodes. And the rest of it was getting better. Uh, I don't know how much you, you've seen of it. but I saw four I, episodes. I, so I, right. I don't know. I'm not going to watch any more of it, so... Right. I mean, anybody else could if they want. I When you say, you know, you like the premise of the story, the big problem I had with the premise is that I've seen it twice already. <laughs> uh, once was called The Tick, which I already mentioned, and it's basically stealing that mm-hmm. exact storyline, including the group of seven, which is in The Tick and, and in this. And right. And the whole idea that Arthur, in that, his parents were killed by the super uh, supervillains, but in this, it, the guy's uh, girlfriend gets killed by a superhero. Very similar. And then the other one mm-hmm. was uh, that show uh, with High School Musical Girl that I can't remember the name of. Let me look it up real quick. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's eight episodes. I gave this uh, season... A very strong eight, almost eight and a half, 
it's 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 up there uh, when we we talk about TV shows of this year. I think personally, powerless. But, uh, powerless from two years ago. Yeah, I I get that, but I I thought powerless was amazingly bad. It was. I'm just saying it's the same story. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. it's not an original concept for a show, and right. so that I t- automatically take points off of that. And I think personally, the tick is a better version of this show and it's on Amazon Prime as well. It's like on the same network and everything. It's just weird to me that they would make two shows on the same Amazon Prime service that are basically almost the same show. It's just the tick is comedy and this is not as much uh, comedy as the tick. So to me, I'm going to give this show overall a, I'm going to give it a five, but right in the middle just to keep out my own bias of, uh, the fact that it's a superhero show, which to me it would probably go lower, but I'll give it a five. Right. Cool. Let's go into the main topic, Luke. What is the main topic, Luke? Unarius Academy of Science. Uh, that's why I made you say it because I can't pronounce it. Whenever I look at it, I'm like dyslexic and everything, so I automatically see uh, Uranus. So I always want to say yes. Uranus Academy of Science, but it's Unarius. <laughs> but the letters are just switched around, so it messes with my head. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a non-profit organization founded in 1954 in Los Angeles, California. Uh, headquartered <laughs> in El Cajon, California. Is that how you say Cajon? Uh, the organization oh. reports to it. To advance a new interdimensional science of life based upon fourth dimensional physics principles, it is uh, recorded that in 2003-2004, centers existed in Canada, New Zealand, Nigeria, the United Kingdom, and in various locations and states in the United States. Uh, membership figures, as far as like the numbers of how many people are, are have joined this group or are currently in this group, are unknown. Yeah, and uh, UNARIS is actually an acronym for Universal Intercolute Interdimensional. Thank you. Articul- Universal Articulate Interdimensional Understanding of Science. Whew, say that ten times fast. I think that's why they made it an acro- acronym, <laughs> right? It makes kind of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the founder and uh, the subsequent founder... channels oh. and sub-channels have written books filled with channeled uh, disser- uh, dissensions from alleged advanced intelligence beings that exist on a higher mm-hmm. frequency plane. Uh, there have been over a hundred volumes published since 1954. Guess what I didn't do this week? I did definitely not buy one of these books. Did you buy one of these books, bro? <laughs> well, real, you, you think maybe I bought one of these books, Luke? I'm pretty sure what they're like free on the website. So uh, hopefully you didn't pay anything. They are... No, I didn't pay anything okay. because they are free on the internet. Right, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We will talk about it when we come to the website. Yes, we will. But, uh, should we talk a little about their history first or the founders? Well, we should go into the history because it, it goes into the founding, and then we'll go into the founders after that, yeah. 
Okay. The group was founded in February in 1954 in Los Angeles, California, by Ernest L. Norman and his wife Ruth E. Norman uh, from the period of 1954 to 1971, when Ernest Norman still controlled the organization. The organization defined its mission as uh, explanation and promotion of interdimensional science of life in the books he wrote. He said that he channeled the material via psych, uh, psycho, psychic connections with uh, extraterrestrial intelligence. Um, between 1972 and 1993, Ruth Norman guided it. The organization expanded a renewed growth and public awareness. The mission became bringing Unarius uh, to the masses. Ruth Norman granted interviews, appeared on The Late Show uh, with uh, David Letterman. I looked that up. She... I actually saw a clip of that, uh-huh. and and the David Susskind show, and kept very up to date technologically with video productions studio built in the late seventies. Such equipment was still uh, in infancy. Uranus, uh, there I did it. <laughs> you you. Marius uh, video production uh, appeared on public access television cable uh, stations all over the United States. In 2000, Dana Tomina stated that several cities in the Southern California, the public access channel, carried weekly showings of Unarius films. Unarius has been featured in countless newspapers and magazine articles as well as radio and television spots. I'm going to skip down a paragraph. Unarius believes in the immortal, uh, the immortality of the soul and that all people have reincarnated many times. They also believe that, well, that all people have re- reincarnated many times. Wouldn't you have to reincarnate mm-hmm. first once? So wouldn't there have to be one person out there that hasn't reincarnated ever? So how would that even be possible? Whatever. Uh, They also believe that our solar system was once inhabited inhabited by ancient interplanetary civilizations. So they're kind of on the ancient aliens kick, Fro. The aliens are said to be human beings who have lived on Earth and other planets outside our solar system. They are said to be more advanced than humans spiritually and scientifically. Uh, while the group seems to have similarities to the Aetherius Society and Realism, which are two things mm-hmm. we've covered on the show before, uh, as they empathize with Space Brothers, who will come to start uh, to the star from the stars in 33 spaceships to improve humanity, these beliefs are not held by all Unarians, and in fact are discounted by many as contradictory to true Unarian principles. Mm-hmm. In his book, The Truth About March, Ernest Norman claimed that uh, Chinese had evolved from ancient interstellar migrants who be- uh, began colonizing Mars a million years ago. Uh, they uh, are reported to have returned to Mars, uh, where they uh, live in underground cities after being attacked 
by the natives of Earth, a group which has become separated, did not return which uh, with them, and a group branched off and formed various Asian racial genotypes. So That shit's racist. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's kind of racist. That's a little bit racist. I mean, it's double, oh, doubly man. racist because it says they were yeah. attacked by the natives of Earth. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then it's also saying that the Chinese are space aliens, I guess. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I re- after that, I really want to go to the website because there's a whole part I, about I, about Mars. Yeah. Yes. Do we just want? I was go- just thinking about. Let's go. That. Let's just go there now. So we go to yeah. the website. The website is. Unarius.org, spelled U-N-A-R-I-U-S dot org. <laughs> and uh, this uh, website, uh, we, we talk a lot about things that looks very bad. But this website, Jesus Christ, was this created in the 90s by someone in, on the computer, or was this created in the 90s on someone on a computer? It's, uh, it, according to a, the official site, copyright 96 to 2019 my guess is it was made in 96 and has never been updated <laughs> uh, that, is my, 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 that is mine as well because it looks extremely like it was made in the 90s yes i mean this is the most 90s looking website i've ever seen <laughs> um but yeah we should go to extra Terrestrial intelligences there on the yes. sidebar, and then if you go into the drop-down menu, it says truth mm-hmm. about Mars, truth about Mars, right? Mm-hmm. And there's another drop-down menu, and then you go ahead and pick which of these three you want to go to. Oh, I want to go to Garden of Eden Found. Okay. Yeah, that's one of my favorites of this. <laughs> really quick before you go into that, uh, I'm looking at the events and classes section uh, in their website, mm-hmm. and there is October 12th and 13th, 2019. So the events and classes have been updated recently on this website, and there are upcoming. Yes. So yes, this there are. This is still a current website. This is not out of date. No, no, no. It's uh, super up to date. Yes. Uh, n- n- nobody in in their group have ever said. Hey, maybe we should hire someone with IT. <laughs> They're like, we got a website. That's yeah. good enough. We don't need to update it ever yeah. since the nineties. Yeah. But yeah, imagine a world of unlimited advances, health, uh, where there were no laws or taxes, where divorce is unheard of, and where money is unnecessary. Look, that's what <laughs> life. Is on Mars, according to a, a top educator's author and physician, Dr. Ernest Norman, who says he visited a virtual Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah. virtual, meaning like it was in a virtual reality, probably. Mm-hmm. In a dream. <laughs> yeah. The Martians are quite Peaceful, loving people, uh, Norman says. The people of Mars are smaller than those on Earth, uh, only uh, averaging about four feet, six inches in height. The texture of the skin is very fine and soft, while the hair is usually straight, black, and quite fine. 
<laughs> Remember when we when we read the, there were Chinese Luke? <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> that, yep. Uh, yeah, he's. He, this is right. Ra- this shit's racist. I mean, <laughs> I don't think they mean for it to be racist. It just is. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, just very, it's just very racist. <laughs> Norman adds that the Martians uh, have discovered have duplicate uh, uh, a remarkably comfortable and Earth-like environment underground, powered by atomic energy. Explains why traces of their simulation have not been detected by Earth-bound scientists. My favorite part is at the very bottom, Fro. It says, Norman adds that the Martians are aware of Earthlings and uh, and also share a belief in a supreme being. So aliens believe in God, Fro, by the way. He says they often (laughs) attempt to communicate with certain human beings using telepathy from Mars, apparently. Oh, is he saying that so Chinese people are telepathic? Is that <laughs> is that the connection we can make? Uh, should we go to glass-like tunnels? Yeah, that's where I wanted Mars? to go next. Yeah, I'll, I'll read yeah. that. In recent years, there have been several anomalies discovered on the Martian surface. Certainly one of the most remarkable and striking photos from the Mars Global Surveyor are the glass tubes discovered by a team of uh, Enterprise Mission non-NASA researchers who analyzed over 20,000 MGS photos uh, released May 2000 to the public. Uh, Seemingly non-natural tubular structures located on the Martian deserts give an appearance of being translucent while cylindrical and supported by somewhat irregular intervals uh, by ribs. Okay, so we're seeing a picture here that's really... just looks like a canyon, maybe. (laughs) I don't know, what does it look like to you? I don't know. It looks like someone has, like, left a tube of something. I mean, it's a black and white picture, and you got to remember, this is, like, from up in the air, like, way up high. So it says that the tubes would be 600 feet in diameter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be massive. Uh, If their theory proves correct, this would validate there is human life on the red planet. Do Martians live in the underground civilization? That's a good question. Is... Do you mind if we... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was... Uh, are you finished with that site? Or the, that... That section? Yeah. Yeah, we can go somewhere else. Okay. I want us to go to events and classes. Right, okay. That's where I just was. Uh, uh, and I want us to read... Uh, the 36 interplanetary conclave of uh, light. That conclave. Interplanetary conclave. conclave of light. Yeah. Right. Yes, because it's the 58th anniversary of the moon landing has riddled humanity curiosity about com- uh, cosmos and possibility of life on other Marses. Join us on a light-filled weekend to learn more about the Space Brothers and the interplanetary conversation in the galactic United Nations of Planet. Discover how uh, you can help Earth positive future uh, reality as the 33rd member of uh, the 
confederation. Right. Yes. Something about 33. They really like the number 33 because we also heard, we read earlier that they believe that 33 spaceships are going to come down to Earth or something, right? Um, That's. Can you take us through Saturday and Sunday's events, please? Uh, right, uh, Saturday they're going to be welcoming the Space Brothers a- at the Unarius Center. Uh, experience mm-hmm. a tour of Earth's positive future. Listen to harmonies of Unarius carolers? <laughs> sure. Uh, watch a live interview of Confederation's representatives. Take a behind-the-scenes tour of with Space Cad Trumpeters. Uh, see futuristic displays and visionary art and photos. So then we're going to have Sunday events. We're going to be self-healing workshop, creativity workshop, dinner uh, at the at a restaurant, a mental communication, a mental communication with the Space <laughs> Brothers is the very final mm-hmm. thing on the last day. Uh, at and what night. does it say under, underneath? Uh, most events will be streamed live. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. <laughs> For a schedule on how to log into the live stream, during the event, uh, vi- visit their Streamlink page. Okay, I'm going there mm-hmm. just to see what's up here. You can watch the archive uh, of a self-healing workshop. Uh, yep, and guess what I have done? <laughs> I, 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 I watched some. Okay, <laughs> and what do you think? Yeah, uh, It's BS. <laughs> it's bullshit. Uh, but uh, let's go to free uh, resources, look, because we always like free things. Uh, there's an article uh, by Dr. Norman of How Thoughts Return to Sender. Okay. Okay. And uh, he says in, uh, where is it? Is it in the fourth here? Yes. It says the boomerang uh, concept, and it's got pictures of boomerangs here for some reason. Yes, yes. It's like uh, clip art. And I'm going to go to the uh, fourth uh, paragraph. Okay. Ordinarily, the person receiving uh, the barrage of hostile, negative, and potent dynamic energy are attuned to the sender or some of its wavelength of frequency. Thus result as the same of filling a dry sponge with water. It eventually absorbs all this negativity and therefore becomes attuned, aligned and receptive to culminate masses of negative influence such as viruses, <laughs> etc., which are ever-present and so adapted and most bountiful in the cosmos about Earth, since they thrive on negation. Have you any fucking clue what I just said? Uh, They just said that uh, if you're negative, it's going to make you sick. You're going to get viruses and get sick because uh, you're negative. Let's go back to the homepage, actually, and I'm going to read something here. From Guillermo, from New York. My life of the last 10 years was nothing but negativity and nihilism. I was unhappy with everything Mm -hmm. around me. It wasn't until I rediscovered my spiritual life 
when things started to go my way and when I discovered Unarius, my life changed for the better forever. How okay. can you know it was forever if it, you're, it's not over yet, right? Doesn't. <laughs> but uh, as we always do, we need to go to the store. Yeah. <laughs> because that's one of the, our favorite things to do. Uh, there's books, DVDs, MPs, uh, Starship Pen, a greeting card, uh, membership. Should we go to the star, Starship Pen and the pendant? I think we should. Yeah, I was looking under Unarius Artist Shop, and there's nothing. There's nothing there. But look at that pen for fifteen dollars. There, look. It's such a small picture. Oh, you can zoom. <laughs> You can. Yeah, that is a piece of crap. It looks like it's been bejeweled. <laughs> it's like a plastic, like, uh, uh, spaceship pen with bejewels on it. Yeah. Do mm -hmm. you want me to say what it says about it? The Starship pens and pendant are gold-plated or silver-plated and are handset with multi-covered Swarovski crystal reflecting the higher frequency of the Space Brothers. By wearing a starship of light, you're signalizing your desire for the future contact with an intelligent and loving being. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Okay, go to prints All and posters. <laughs> All for $15, Luke. Ay, ay, ay. Go to prints okay. and posters, and then look at Ura Uriel, the Cosmic Generator, for $10. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, it looks like something out of like a... <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Is that Tim Burton? I was oh my god, that's Tim Burton. I was thinking, uh... Uh, a, uh... What's... Some kind of uh, Muppet, Muppet bad guy, like uh, a bad guy in a Muppet cartoon, or not cartoon, a Muppet uh, uh, show, not a Muppet <laughs> movie, right. One of the bad guys in some kind of Muppet movie. What we're seeing here is a lady in this dress that's like covered in, <laughs> I don't know, bowling balls? And then she's got like flames <laughs> coming up out of her sides, and her hands are covered in gloves that have like Christmas lights all over the gloves. And she has this giant afro, and then she's wearing what looks kind of like a Viking helmet, but then it's got five other hats on top of the Viking helmet. <laughs> so, I went to books. Uh, and I went to The Truth About Mars. And uh, in hardcover, it costs $22. In paperback, it costs $17. So guess what, Luke? What? I downloaded <laughs> and found a free version of it on the internet with some Googling. Okay. Do you know how fucking hard it was to find this fucking book? Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, illuminating information about the reality of existence of human life on Mars. But, yeah, it's... I I've read I've read through it, my Kindle, and I, I can just say that it's a lot of gobbledygook. But uh, speaking yeah, of gobbledygook, been, yeah. we should actually go back to the 
wiki article and go into principles and beliefs uh, and talk yeah, about oh, that yeah. a little bit. Uh, Unarius was yeah. est uh, established to teach the fourth dimensional science, a.k.a. the science of life, which incorporates harmonic frequencies, karma, re reincarnation, past life memories, channeling, and an elaborate cosmology of spiritual planets. Central tenets of the belief system include contact with the Space Brothers, a millennial mm -hmm. prophecy that predicts of a mass landing of starships. So they predict this mass landing of starships. We'll get into that in a second. The science asserts that everything is energy, atoms, higher knowledge, and our bodies and our experiences. This energy vibrates in frequency and waveforms. Understanding these vibrational energies allow contact with all things, higher intelligence, the advanced teaching centers, and our past lives. By being in tune with our spiritual frequencies, we can heal ourselves of mental and physical illnesses. Uh... Salbia summarizes Unarian beliefs over four basic themes. Intelligent life on other planets, an infinite uh, creative intelligence or God, the human, that human beings are developed, developing into an advanced state of consciousness currently, the millennial hope of the advent, uh, advent of landing, the millennial hope of the advent of land, oh, the hope that one of their beliefs is the hope that these aliens are going to come down to Earth. According to Unarius, the purpose of researching institutions is to awaken the individual to the previous life encounters and clairvoyant aptitude of the mind and the reality of one's spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, why don't you go into practice, practicing Unarians hold the following beliefs. Everything is energy. Energy is never created or destroyed. It merely changes form. Well, yeah, you that's just are science. energy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You are energy, and the energy that compromise, uh, com uh, comprises you never destroys. It just changes form. You, as a form of indestructible energy, possesses a soul that has recorded data from past lives. All that is currently happening has their origins in past lives and past actions. Karma. To progress, yes, yes, okay. karma. To progress, one must record more positive actions than negative actions. Negative acts must be compassed, uh, stated by positive acts. Various strata exist outside of the physical world, world where uh, beings of higher and lower nature reside. Alright, so we're going to skip all the way down here to 2001. Because yep. we've talked a lot about uh, them believing that these 33 spaceships are going to come back, but they originally yep. predicted that it was going to be in 2000. That awesome. in the year 2000, these 33 spaceships are going to come down. So it says here, mm -hmm. with 2001 having come and gone, no space fleet landing, no space fleet landing having occurred, Unarius as an organization demonstrates both a return to its roots and principles, books and works of Ernest Norman, while simultaneously demonstrating a belief in the future landing of extraterrestrials to assist, uh, to assist mankind. With the passage of Louis Spiegel in the late 1990, 
The organization has formed a small council which shares leadership and management responsibilities. So they don't have like one leader anymore, bro. Unarius continues to be active in both the U.S. and several European countries. According to Zeller, the millennial aspect of Unarius reverted to a more privatized, rapture-oriented uh, millennialism after the death of Uriel. That was the lady we were seeing in that picture, bro. Uh, he stated right. that this more individualized approach confirms that quasi-rapture uh, confirms that quasi-rapture orientation of Ernest Norman. So they do kind of believe in the rapture, but it coming from these alien spacecrafts, Fro. That's, that's yeah. I think that's a pretty good breakdown of their whole kind of, their belief system, don't you? I agree. So where do they fit on the crisis, guy? Yeah, right? Um, I mean, I gotta kind of give my final thoughts on this real quick. I mean, it reminds me of a lot of, actually, go if you go up to the top of the wiki article, you can see like w there's a map, map of the current, yeah. and there's one. There's a few spots. Uh, it looks like mostly Eastern Europe, and then California mm -hmm. area of uh, and lower or upper Mexico, Tijuana region of like the uh, of North America, and then randomly in the middle of Africa. I don't know what mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what country that is, but they're also there. Uh, but it, Overall, we don't know how many people there are. We don't know, as far as, like, how many uh, people believe members. in this. Yeah, yeah, members, how many people, or even just people who believe this kind of stuff. So that's hard to determine as far as how big it is, so as far as how crazy it is. Um, but this is similar to a lot of alien cults we've done in the past, except it oh, yeah. kind of takes Christianity a little bit. Maybe not Christianity, but religion, like a... Uh, a Ju Judaic kind of religion and adds it into the right. alien religion. Yeah, Judaic is probably better than Christian. Um, and as far as that goes, I would give it a seven point five, I guess. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Seven point five for me as well. It, it doesn't really. Uh, it's not up. I don't think they are more crazy than other UFO religions we have covered before. With big swastika, uh, toys as their fucking <laughs> right. uh, uh, um, realism, which uh, we talked about a second ago. Yeah, realism. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so seven point five is a perfect score for me as well. What I'm seeing here, classification as a religion, Unarius as an organization is strongly opposed to its common classification as a religion. Unarians consider their teachings of, or beliefs as science not as religion, and they assert that they practice a science that teaches the spirituality understanding of high-energy physics and reincarnation. Movie bedtime, Luke. Let's pick out the movie is for August. Uh, I will begin, Fast and Viewers. Uh, present Hobbs and Shaw action from Universal. The Art of Racing in the Rain, drama by Fox. Brian Banks, a drama by Blackster Street. Is that how it's pronounced? Bleaker Street. Bleaker Street? Yeah. Bleaker Street? Yeah. I've yeah. <laughs> uh, heard of them before. I understand that they're generally like a horror movie kind of thing, so it must be a horror movie, ah. I guess. Uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, family uh, film by Paramount. 
The Kitchen 2019 action crime from Warner Brothers New Line. Uh, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Dark, a horror thriller by Lionsgate. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. To Tell in the Dork. <laughs> yes, that that got me. Sorry. <laughs> 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, a horror thriller from Entertainment Studio. Blinded by the Light, a comedy by Warner Brothers. Good Boys, a comedy from Universal. Where'd You Go, Bernadette, a comedy drama from United Artists. Uh, the Angry Birds movie, too, an animation from uh, Sony uh, Columbia. Overcomer, a drama from Sony Affirm Films. Angel Has Fallen, an action from Lionsgate. Ready or Not, a horror thriller from Fox Searchlight. Don't Let Go, a horror from OTL. Never heard of that, them either. No, me neither. Uh, Playmobil, the movie, an animation from STX. Sa Sa who? Action trailer from... Uh, Yashrai? Raj? Yashraj? My guess is that is a Indian film right. there from. So I got the first, or you got the first half, right? This time? Yes. That's no. correct. Yes. 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 So you have yes. all, all these ones in the first uh, half of them of August. So you got, let's see, mm -hmm. I think your big ones here are probably uh, Fast and Furious, Dora, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And my big, I, big ones are probably... Uh, Angry Birds, Playmobil yep. movie, and then I'm not, I don't know about these other ones. Do you know anything about these other movies that... No. So I see maybe two that are going to do well for me, and three yeah. that are probably going to do well for you, but I think as far as what we've seen in the past, children's movies or like movies that can be for both kids and adults do always do better than movies that are direct directed towards a specific audience like a Fast and the Furious, right. which is directed towards 20 to 30-year-old males, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Where Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is not mm -hmm. only directed towards kids uh, as an audience, but it relates to adults who grew up with the books, right? From, I know. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. kind of see that doing really well. And, and in my bracket, I see Playmobil, the movie, doing really well because kids... It's directed mm. towards kids, but Playmobil is something that people my age and uh, a little bit older grew up playing with, uh, and it also relates to, how, I would think, how well the Lego movies do every time. I think this will also do pretty well, so uh, yeah, I think we both kind of have a really good chance this month, to be honest. What do you think? I, I, I ton, totally agree. I, I do think it's, it's that... Uh, I do think that you have a stronger chance than you believe in Angry Birds movie too, because right, the right. Angry movie, uh, Angry Birds movie, did actually much much stronger than uh, you remember. It, yeah, it and is crazy. It, it, it's a sh it was a shit movie, but uh, that I I think the two will be amazingly good for you. I think that is your biggest winner. I don't believe that Playmobil 
Playmobil is a little too young an audience, if you get me. If you, <laughs> I, uh, Playmobil was before you played with Lego. So I'm not sure if as such an young audience would be interested. Uh, maybe. I, but I'm just thinking about like all the adults who also grew up playing with Playmobil, and so they're going to take their kids to go see it because they can remember playing pl with Playmobil when they were a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yes. I, I was sometimes when I was younger. Uh, you know, whatever, below ten years old or below twelve years old, I was maybe more of a fan of Playmobil than I was Lego. And some people might say that's like toy sacrilegious, but. I always found the Playmobil sets more interesting. Uh, they had a lot more in, like cool designs, at least when I was younger. Nowadays, Lego maybe has better designs and things like that. But when I was a kid, Playmobil had way better figure sets, I thought. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, let's talk about some movies we've seen this week. Have you seen any movies this week? Look. I know you've seen one movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that one last. I saw The Great Hack, which you talked about last week. Yeah. What did you think about it? Right. Documentary on... Where was this? Amazon? Or... I don't uh, remember. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. It was It was an online... No, no, no. It was Netflix. Netflix. Sorry. Was it? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, really good. It covered a lot of yeah. information that I didn't know. Um, what? What? I feel like the Cambridge Analytics thing, I only ever from the news heard it from like this one perspective, and this definitely goes deeper into kind of what was going on mm -hmm. uh, with the whole thing, um, and kind of the dark side of the presidential election, the underbelly of kind of who's getting paid to do the dirty things for different campaigns and things like that. I, di I thought it did a pretty good job of being unbiased, but at the same time making a point, if that makes sense, bro. Yeah, I, that totally makes sense. I, 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 like I said, I, I liked that movie tremendously last week uh, when I talked about it. I, I thought it was a, a very good documentary, and I felt felt like it was telling a good uh, story. Uh, yeah, I think it's an important one. I even saw like uh, I was turned on CNN and they were talking about it in a positive light. Even so, I, I was like, wow, okay. Um, I give it a seven. Solid seven. Mm. Cool. Uh, I saw a small independent movie that came out on Blu-ray this week uh, called uh, Adventures Endgame. I don't know if you heard about this, look. Never heard of it. It's a very... Never heard of it, yeah. Uh, Must be independent. to see... <laughs> yeah, it's so independent. Uh, I wanted to see if I still uh, liked it as much as you... I did last time. Remember when you reminded me that I went down from a 10 to an 8 uh, last time I saw it and said it was very emotionally from when you saw the, me and the other one. Right. Yes. yes. The, fir the first adventure. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say something you never heard before, look. Uh, I don't think it was as good <laughs> as I thought it was. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ne never said that before. Look about the same fucking movie last last time, uh, but yeah, it's still good. Uh, I would give it an eight now, eight and a half. All right. Uh, I only saw one one other movie. What about you? Me too. Okay. Yeah. Well, we both watched this together. Me and Fro got together to watch <laughs> this movie. This amazing piece of 
filmmaking that we saw this week called Secret Obsession, which was a Netflix oh. movie. I believe it was made by Netflix. I've never been so happy that I've been with Luke on Skype in my entire life because this was a this was a lifetime movie uh, wrapped in to Netflix. It was yeah, definitely was produced by Netflix, uh, and uh, it says here directed by Peter Sullivan. Never heard of him. Uh, I'm gonna read the description for it, so then we can get into it. When Jennifer wakes up with amnesia after a traumatic attack, her doting husband cares for her, but she soon realizes that the danger is far from over. So this lady gets hit by a car. And, but she's running away from somebody at the beginning. and the, So it's kind of a mystery as to who was trying to kill her at the beginning because she has amnesia, and neither you, the viewer, or her know who the who the person who's trying to, who was trying to kill her at the beginning of the movie was. Um, and it was very obvious from the beginning, and me and Fro called it within the first, what, 20 minutes, probably? Who the... Mm. Who, or how it was going to work, except... We got it slightly wrong. I don't want to ruin anything, but, like, it was very clear how the movie was going to work from the very beginning, right? Oh, definitely. Uh, we were, we were, we were uh, saying that uh, we're going to fucking spoil this movie. Nobody fucking cares. Would, uh, that the husband, the, the pretend husband in the beginning was uh, uh, the one that tried to murder his so 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 called wife uh, that's not ruining Luke anything because we find that out that the half towards the beginning of the movie it's more of like it's a build up right. to find out uh, ha like why he's doing it or who he, who he really is or this or that but yeah um that we can't we can't really spoil because you'd have to go through the entire movie. No. I mean, in that sense, I see what they were going for as far as the writing goes. I see kind of the complexity they were going for, except the complexity was so obvious that it didn't really work. Uh, and the other thing about this, it's got all these people who, me and Fro were like, oh, I know her from something. I know that lady. I know him. He's been in something I've seen. <laughs> but we, didn't, mm -hmm. we couldn't remember any of their names. Like, the one main character is... Uh, the Asian rich girl from the Sweet Life of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. We just kind of remembered that, and then there was this one lady, and we couldn't place her. We're like, who is this uh, nurse in this? And we realized after a while, it was the wife from Ten Rounds or Twelve Rounds with John Zena. Uh, there's also <laughs> a guy who's an Allstate insurance does Allstate insurance commercials was in there. Um, Mm -hmm. And also the present in 24, by the way. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Uh, and then there was one other guy who, who was the bad guy, and he was in... What was he in that we totally remembered him from? Oh, Cloverfield. He was the main character in Cloverfield. And it's like, these are the actors that you... If you see them, you know who they are, but you would never in a million years remember their names. And there's a lot of these actors in this film. Yeah, it's it's so such a uh, baffling bad movie. Uh, I I love that Luke made a very early assumption that uh, the killer guy that we follow all the time is uh, the twin brother of the real husband. 
<laughs> and we thought that uh, Luke made a better movie in 10 seconds. That's than, true. That, if, if, if they would have made it that it was the twin brother and it, they could have made it a little more complex, the, the storyline would have been right. that much more complex, but it was just, that would have been the tweak that it needed for sure to make it more interesting. Um, the other funny part that we thought was hilarious is uh, this whole movie revolves around the fact that this lady got amnesia, but mm -hmm. it also requires her to have gotten amnesia and it also requires for him to have assumed that her getting hit by a car would just give her amnesia. He would have had to have assume, uh, assumed that <laughs> for this movie to have ever yeah. worked. Uh, and there's no way for yeah. you to assume that, so it's a broken movie in and of itself. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, what'd you give this movie? I, I gave it a two. I gave it a three, actually. I think the storyline oh. did have some redeeming qualities, and that's what the extra where the extra point I, I give it. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's move on to uh, the trailer uh, that we're going to watch once upon a time in Hollywood. To my right is Bounty Law series lead and Jake K. Hill himself, Rick Dalton. And to my left is Rick okay. Stunt Double Cliff Booth. Ooh. So, Rick, uh, explain to the audience exactly what it is a stunt double does. Actors are why is that voice so familiar to me? I don't know. To help carry the load. Is that uh, how you describe your job, Cliff? He's like a cartoon voice actor of some type. Is he in Rick and Morty? Oh, right. He's the dad voice from Rick and Morty. That's why it's so familiar, because I was watching that last night before I went to bed. are registered as lethal weapons <laughs> are people gonna get offended by this uh, Bruce Lee I almost said Rick Lee for some reason like the last remember the last Bruce Lee movie where it was played by a white guy everybody got super offended because it was yeah. the dumbest movie ever also <laughs> I like the set design and the costume choices so far are really awesome yeah. <laughs> She's like eight. <laughs> okay. Oh, so what is this Oscar nominated movie all about, Luke? Right. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, of course. Why every time it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, the description has to put that at the very beginning and just to fuck with me? In Holly Hollywood uh -huh. Visits, 19, uh, the movie visits Hollywood 1969 Los Angeles, where everything is changing as TV star Rick Dalton, uh, played by Leo DiCaprio, and his longtime stunt double Cliff Booth, played by Brad Pitt, make their way around an industry they hardly recognize anymore. Uh, the ninth film from the writer-director features a large ensemble cast. Right. Yeah. This, uh, what do you think about it? Does it look good, you think? Um, from what I've seen, it looks good. I don't understand what the storyline is from any of the trailers I've seen, so uh, no. I'm just going to have to 
go with that. Like, just the set design and kind of the, what I've seen from the acting and everything looks good. So, yeah. and it's Tarantino, so I'm guessing it's going to be good. Uh, what does it uh, got on IMDb and things like that? 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, 85% on Metacritic, 81% liked this movie on Google. So all those scores are like so close together that it's going to be an 85, 8.5 movie uh, according mm-hmm. to this. Yeah, so I went to uh, the Rotten Tomatoes, as they call it, the Rotten Tomatoes, because there's a different uh, Rotten Tomatoes for some reason in in my world. Uh, And I went to a super reviewer this this time. Okay. Uh, An audience super reviewer, as they call it. Uh, All right, he's in The Avengers, okay. Sorry? He's in the Avengers. Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. Steve L. Uh, gave it four star. Uh, living the ninth uh, future film of uh, uh, every turn of the century junior high boy favorite director Quentin Tarantino. I felt after watching his old movies. It was fun and well done and mostly reminded me of uh, all the films that influenced him. The director has always one to proudly display how much of a film nerd he is, and time around he was passed up on grindhouse stylings to pay homage to more mainstream fare. It's a uh, refinement tinted uh, at in in glorious bastard and expand uh, on in the hateful eight that I think has reached some of uh, the status with. Final, that and he has just unbashedly displayed his foot for fetish at this point. <laughs> you, you would have expected. So you liked it. All right, I went to the Facebook. Uh, Ollie Simor says, "My personal opinion, but this is my all-time favorite movie. It surpasses Shawshank." Wow. Uh, I'm I'm still 69 Whoa. years old. I was born. I'm still in 69, but I was born in 1978. Uh, masterpiece, wonderful movie, experience, fantastic atmosphere. Uh, love it. Going to see it again and again. Uh, Heath Sam Dust says spectacular ending. Slow getting there, but appreciate the nostalgia as much. A- uh, oh, he put ad. As much as they could fit in anyways. As far as a Tarantino movie goes, uh, that usually that's usually a punch to the face. It felt like a punch to the face, but with a pillow this time. Slightly softer. Overall, doesn't beat the pulp doesn't beat pulp fiction or Django for me. Uh, but I dig it. Great cast and a smooth movie. Uh, yeah. But Eddie Joe DeLine says, saw it Saturday, I love the performance in the story, but I felt it felt slow, so much uh, so that I caught myself nodding off during it, until the action scenes that were used uh, that were used in the same way a typical Tarantino film would, so. Cool. Uh, so far, Lot gave it uh, one and a half star. I wanted to love this movie, and it was just so slow. The acting was phenomenal, and the classic 
uh, Hollywood vibe was nostalgic and beautiful shot. The story, however, was non-existent and just so disappointing. So. Okay. Um, we don't have any other movies coming out this week. Yeah, so guess so what I guess, movie I want to see. Yeah, I guess that's the movie we want to see this week. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. Um, but you, you found something very interesting, because Manifest is uh, starting... In in England this week, uh, what channel is it starting on? Oh, does it say what channel it is? I didn't even see that. Um, I think, think so. I'm looking down it. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. But it's starting as well in in the UK this week on one channel. It oh, Sky One. Say. Is what it says. Sky One. It's all oh, the way down at the bottom. Yeah. That's why we couldn't see it. Right. Uh, oh. Manifest, which we covered on the show, uh, and we mm-hmm. did not like. We thought it was horrible. We thought it was yeah, a lost clone that wasn't as good, maybe? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, uh, what was so interesting about this article that you found in the Independent? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing in here, other than that, it's... I didn't know that it wasn't... Uh, everywhere that it was only being aired in the United States. That's kind of interesting. But then we look down in this article and it says, recently, ABC president Channing Dungey admitted that Lost was on a list of potential titles to receive, oh, to revive someday in the future. This is big news. Yeah. I hate it. I don't understand how, how do you make a sequel... Explain to me how you continue Lost after the ending of Lost. Explain to me yeah, where no. they go from there. Uh, I have no fucking clue. Do you just get a whole new cast and redo the show? You know what I mean? Like, with a different cast? Yeah. A different uh, crew and a different set of people on the plane and it's, like, the same? Or do you uh, make it a boat this time? Or make it a tr- train instead of a plane? You know, you see what I mean? Like, I guess there's ways to do it, but... I don't see a way you could continue Lost just off the end of the the original series. <laughs> like, what do you do? Yeah, it's 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 terrible. It's very, very, very terrible. You know what you could do, Fro, and that m- m- both of us may actually be happy with. I don't know. You tell me if you'd be happy with this. What if they? did kind of like a Heroes, if you remember what they did with Heroes, and they just forget that the last season even existed and go with, uh, create a new kind of last season and then go from there. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would like that. I don't mind that. I wouldn't mind that either. It would be a lot better than just bringing it back. So I guess we agree on that. Let us know what you think out there at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com about... Lost being being brought back. So, did you know that you can earn cash for charity by listening to every podcast available on the earth? Well, you can with Podcoin. Podcoin is a podcast app where you can listen to podcasts and get paid by for listening to them. Use the code Digital Citizen, and our followers and listeners will get 300 podcoin they can use on things. 
a cup of coffee. I think there's a, you can buy things for pod coins and things like that. So if you want to look into that, go to uh, look up Podcoin. It's a free app on uh, uh, your App Store and your Android. So that's cool. Also go to audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen if you want a free book uh, and a free 30-day trial of Audible. Cancel any time and you keep your free book and it helps us out even if you cancel uh, and you got to keep the free book. So win-win for everybody, including uh, Audible, I suppose. Um, Yeah, anything else we need to plug? Yeah, we are now a member of Pod All The Time Podcast Network. Check it on, out on Twitter. It's Pod All The Time Podcast Network. Wow. Yeah. This, these plugs are getting crazy here at the end. Um, Yeah, and I guess we're in the Jeremy <laughs> round, huh? At this point? Uh-huh. Yes. Anything interesting are. you got to talk about uh, this week that we missed, that we didn't talk about? Yeah. Yes, I do, because we need to talk about the fake wedding. The what? I hope you the fake wedding. I don't know what, what wedding you're referring to. Jake Paul and uh, Tana Mong- Mong- Mongoose. Yes. Got ma- married in La- <clears throat> Las Vegas. And people could stream it for, was it $25 or $50? Wow. So they're both getting pretty desperate, I guess, is the <laughs> thing. Yeah. I, th- I think it was maybe $25. I'm I'm not a hundred and ten percent sure. I think it was twenty five dollars to watch the stream of them getting married. Uh, but uh, it's proven fake, of course, because guess what? Uh, they haven't got their marriage license and things like that. Right. It's really easy to get a fake marriage in Las Vegas. You just say you want to get a fake married, and if you give them the money, Elvis will do it for you. You know what I mean? It's not really a big deal. And I'm not surprised. Uh, other than that. Uh, yeah, sorry. I said I'm not surprised. Yeah, me neither. I am Alex. Came out and uh, said he was sorry about the Slasso situation. We talked a little about that last oh, week. Oh right, yeah, I saw that, and he came out with a video yeah. that had well on his channel at least. I had nothing to do with it. Supposedly, there's something on Twitter. He made a video on there, but I didn't see it. No, me neither. Uh, you found some optical illusion? This is kind of like a thing that's going around online right now. Uh, kind of like the, what was it, gold dress, blue dress kind of thing? Kind of visual optical illusion? Somebody made, Okay. I guess, uh, UTC Economics, Lionel Page, uh, shared an optical illusion on Saturday. So if you look at this, it's a black and white picture, except for there's, oh, lines overlaid and it makes you see like a green shirt or a red shirt or whatever that's so cool it's like wow it it's your brain kind of filling in the gaps you know what i mean like your brain is <laughs> it says here what you so see strange. is what your brain predicts the reality to be given that the imperfect Im- imperfect information given the imperfect information it gets so your brain is just like filling in the gaps it assumes that the shirt is red, so you see it as red. So, really interesting how your brain works, for sure. That is so strange. <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, another thing oh. we talked about in the past, uh, 
Suge Knight's son still saying that Tupac is alive and well in Malaysia. Oh, yeah. You heard this? Yeah. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. Uh, uh, kid wins $3 million for playing Fortnite. I don't know if you heard that story. No, no, I didn't. There was a Fortnite tournament, uh, and the winner got $3 million. I think there was $20 million or something like that in prize money given away for this uh, Fortnite contest. Let me double check that. $40 million. I, I was I wasn't even as high it was higher than I thought. They Epic Games, the company behind the video game, awarded more than forty million dollars in prizes throughout the tournament. Holy crap, Fortnite is that is insane. Wow. How old was he? How old was the kid? Yeah. Sixteen. Wow. Yep, multi millionaire at sixteen <laughs> for playing a stupid video game. <laughs> I would love that. I would love us to become millionaires. Uh, I know what I would use it on. I would visit Luke and give him a basket of muffins. We could just fly back and forth if we had $3 million. We could just, you know what I mean, for a while mm-hmm. at least. <laughs> and do the podcast mm-hmm. like in the same room. <laughs> oh, one yeah. thing sad we didn't talk about. There was multiple shooting, like... Uh, mass shootings oh, yeah. or shootings in America, of course. But I think the reason you saw those on the news this week is because the news week was so slow. Where these aren't... I mm-hmm. mean, it's America. They happen all the time. But when the news week is more uh, filled with, like, this and that, Iran and Trump and whatever, uh, Julian Assange and this and that, it you don't hear about the shootings as much. But this week we heard about multiple different shootings because I think there was... Pretty slow news week. And speaking of Julian Assange, that same UN expert uh, that we've talked about in the past, from mm-hmm. he also came out again this week uh, saying that if Assange is extradited to the United States, he would be exposed to a real risk of torture or other cruel or inhumane or degrading treatment or punishment if uh, by the United States. So the UN is, like I said, we've said in the past, very against him going being sent to the United States. Wow. But uh, next week we have absolutely nothing planned, do we? Uh, <laughs> we have a few things planned. Yes, uh, I mean, of course, we're going to do the loudest voice episode six against our own will, but we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> well, it's it's not super against our our, our will. I mean, uh, it, this, this week was a struggle, okay. Fro. I gotta tell you, this oh, week was this, a struggle this, to even start it. Yeah. Yes, yes. It but, wasn't. Uh, you know, will, I don't mind will... it once I get into it, but like just to get into it, right. I I'm, I have this like little bit of dread in me because I know it's not a great show. So, uh, have I mentioned that we are on Twitter? By the way. Oh yeah, the, the twatter, oh. as you said earlier, exactly. Twatter, twatter. Uh, yeah, uh, we will uh, do the loudest voice. Yeah, we will maybe talk some news. Maybe you want to guess some news for next week that we will cover. Definitely the debate. Yeah, we're gonna cover oh, the second two. day of the debate. I mean, that's gonna be yes. the first thing we cover in the news next week, and then whatever else comes up. Hopefully, something weird happens, which we always like. Uh, I can tell you that we're going to have a guest for the new segment. I will not tell you who it is, but uh, there will be a guest for the new segment. 
Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have a guest for the best title uh, tournament, and it's show uh, 100 to 199, and that is Wrestling Man, aka Bill, is going to join us for right, that. Which we, I think we've already said that in the past, so that's not anything yes. new, but yeah, not- we're going to do a three-person tournament for the first time in a long time. A very long time. Uh, we will have another digital review of Fast and Furious, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. That is going to be interesting. Uh, other than that, I think we're going to play our cards a little uh, into our body, but maybe somebody will show up that maybe you haven't heard from for a long time, hint, hint. We're going to have multiple special guests uh, throughout the podcast, right? <laughs> We're not doing anything crazy like last year where we did the, what, no. six-hour podcast that we did last year, which was totally nuts. We're oh, not doing anything crazy yeah. like that, but we're going to just have fun with this one and have a few people on and hopefully have some laughs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. I think that's it for this week. Don't you agree? Actually, there is one more thing. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. When we were talking about Hulu and Disney and everything, like how Disney is mm-hmm. getting together with Hulu and this, I guess it's, con- it's not really a merger, but they're definitely working together. I would say even right. against Netflix. Have you ever seen the original Hulu ad that was on during the Super Bowl? No, I haven't. No, it, I have not. Well, I think it's very relevant to watch this now, considering they kind of are taking over the world, or at least the world of TV. Right. Hulu is so let's watch this Hulu ad from it's posted on YouTube from 2009 so I'm guessing it's probably from around right. there go ahead and give me a countdown fro in three two one play hello earth Hollywood I'm Alec Baldwin oh TV star, TV star with air quotes TV will rot your brain. yeah he's going to some that's absurd men in black TV kind of thing happening brain, here like a ripe banana yeah to take it all the way. We've created Hulu. Hulu beams TV directly to your portable computing devices, giving you all of the <laughs> cerebral gelatinizing shows you want anytime, anywhere, for free. I only act out because I want your love. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mushy brain. The best part is there's nothing you could do to stop it. I mean, what are you going to do? Turn off your TV and your computer? <laughs> <laughs> Once your brains are reduced to a cottage cheese like mush, we'll scoop them out with a melon baller and gobble them right on up. Oops. I think I'm drooling a little. Oh, brain that. Mint me of brain that. And even plot to destroy the world. Enjoy. Their <laughs> first funny. slogan was Hulu, we have an evil plot to, uh, an evil plot to destroy the world. Enjoy. <laughs> that was their first commercial and it's got Alec Baldwin as some kind of like lizard human and they're eating people's brains. That's the first Hulu commercial. That I've always remembered that commercial and gone, you know, it's something really weird about Hulu. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, news of the week. Best tackle tournament, loudest voice, another digital review, special guest. Three, I almost said 300 show. 200 show. Big 200 show next, next week. week. Big 200 show next week. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, from Norway, I'm Fro. His name is Luke, and he's from the United States of America. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen.